do for you now a scene from the hit motion picture Shrek. You ready? Okay. It's so good to be home. Huh? What are you doing in my swamp? Scooby-Doo, where are you? <laughs> Pookie, cover me. I'm going in. Oh, yeah! <laughs> Let's get this party started. Well, the years start coming and they don't stop 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 coming Hi everybody and welcome to a brand new episode of A Ogre Totes Ogre. I'm your host, Will, and joining me for one last rodeo is my good buddy, Matt. How you doing, Matt? I'm good, Will. How are you? I'm doing fine. I'm, you know, feeling a little wistful right now, but I'm also excited to kind of have a nice little uh, send-off right now. We'll get into it in a little bit. First, got to introduce our good friend, Chris. Hey, Chris. Hello. Yeah, we're all back. How's it going? Thanks to, um, what's-his-face? Yeah. Uh, Smooth smooth lightning. lightning. Smooth lightning saved the day. Smooth lightning, uh, thanks to his uh, smoothness and his lightning, he got us uh, another episode, because our podcast has been canonically sold to Dave Zasloff to be part of the 90 Day Fiance universe, but he gave us this uh, little, you know, space. I'm glad that to- we're committing that to the canon. Like the, It's well, canon, yeah. It was not a one-off. That's yeah. <laughs> canonically why this is ending. That's why this show is done. But it's not done yet. It's not ogre. It not ain't ogre. ogre yet. It ain't ogre until it's ogre, and that's the name of this podcast. And the name uh, of this episode, you may have noticed, yeah, is it's ogre, because this is it. Uh, I mean, we should press this. Like, like, we're not really like done. Like, we're not tired of doing the show or anything in that sense. I just right. kind of felt like, you know, like a year or two ago. Well, hell, going back to like season three. Yeah, we've been kind of just like, well, how long are we going to do this for? Because we kind of <laughs> veered off from the path pretty early on. Yes. Because initially, uh, we'll talk about this also, too, in a little bit. Like, we had a grand plan for the podcast. We obviously veered off that in season two. And mm-hmm. I'm very glad we did, because that's why Chris got part of the show. And I think it's for the better. But, mm-hmm. you know, it kind of changed the trajectory of where we were going to go. And so, you know kind of going into season four we were like i don't know how long are we gonna do this but it's like well it's a pandemic we're gonna be homebound for you know the foreseeable future might mm-hmm. as well do season five yeah. uh and then you know we did season five uh and then you know you and i were kind of like well maybe we should end this i don't know like it just kind of feels like it's you know i don't know where the growth is really going but it i gotta give credit it yeah. didn't feel good to end with master of disguise either true and Sorry, I think to your credit, like, no, I, um, I agree with you on that. And also, uh, I forget if it was you or Chris, but one of you came up with a very good idea of like, well, we kind of have to bring this full circle. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got to at least do Shrek too. Cause that's like the good Shrek sequel. And mm-hmm. you know, it'd be good to actually talk about a pretty good film Yeah, after. Uh, for the end of this, <laughs> after a slew of mediocre bad to, to, bad, yeah. mediocre to <laughs> uh, questionable films. Like it, it, it kind of seemed uh, nice to actually end it on a, uh, you know, hopeful note. And mm-hmm. I'm really glad we did. I think season six, uh, I don't want to speak for you guys, but I feel that was one of our best seasons. I had a lot I of fun agree. doing it. Um, yeah. Had some really great guests, uh, you know, ended it with a bang, I hope. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, now we're back uh, 
kind of giving a little send off and um yeah i don't know how you guys feeling first off i want to talk to you guys first how you feeling good i'm gonna miss it yeah i'm gonna yeah, miss I mean, it too i feel kind of bad because i know chris you were the one that i think that was kind of pushing for us to do this show indefinitely <laughs> yeah kind of <laughs> like you, you would have been happy doing this show for as long as possible which i commend you for yeah um personally i kind of felt like uh I, while i still think i would have fun if we did a seventh season uh i feel like i would be kind of concerned if i'm talking about kids movies <laughs> week or sorry month after month uh, well into my you know early 30s, I was just kind of like, yeah, I don't know if I, I feel like I wouldn't want to do that. But I don't know. I mean, we had some ideas for what we would do for uh, a seventh season or an eighth season. Um, I know I was pushing Flubber in mm-hmm. Osmosis Jones or some movies you guys would like to have done right. for a proposed uh, future season of this podcast. Well, we could have just... We could have just had the podcast grow with us, so if season seven would be the movie seven, David Fincher's seven. Well, yeah, what a film. <laughs> just to just, go completely off course. The, yeah. <laughs> just a hard handbrake turn into something completely different. <laughs> I've actually never seen that movie, believe it or not. It's a good movie. I hear um, it is. It's actually quite good. I would recommend what, it. What is um, in the box? What's in the box? Yeah, the most famous What's in part. What's the box? Yeah. Uh, anything else you guys edition. would have liked to have done if we kept it going? Uh, I mean, no worries I've, if not. I've, I've, you know, I've, I've tossed out SpongeBob many times. Um, right. I maintain that that would be a fun one. Although I don't know because, well, actually, that that I don't want to immediately jump in. But one of the things I did want to talk about this this episode is how, as we revisited all the movies, it kind of functioned as a litmus test for can I still enjoy these movies <laughs> for most <laughs> of them because. With the with the exception of Shrek, I hadn't revisited any of them since their respective seasons ended. Oh yeah, same deliberately. Here. Um, yeah, and uh, but but we'll get into that. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but I I will miss I this, and I hope that we question. do uh, continue to like hop on a call once a month or every other month yeah. or so just to chat, and chat yeah. the shit, talk about movies. Yeah, that's a good thing. And keep to, the uh, yeah keep the ogre crew mm-hmm. facebook chat oh, yeah 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 <laughs> um yeah how, how, yeah how difficult do you think it would be to do just hypothetically uh prince of egypt for one season it would have been fun i was well, thinking about that, that, that be, while we were watching you, I was like, shrek i was like that sounds yeah like a horribly bleak movie to watch <laughs> once a month for a year i mean then i i, I did just suggest seven yeah so. <laughs> um no i mean i was actually thinking about that like that would kind of be the inverse of doing Shrek, like the movie yeah. that it was competing with indirectly during production. There would have been something kind of funny and poetic about doing that film for the last season. But yeah, that that's not going to happen. Prince of Egypt backwards would be so weird. Yeah, it would. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be like uh, satanic. Yeah, it would. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean... Uh, yeah, I guess we should say, like, yeah, we're all still friends. Like, we're not oh, ending yeah. it on bad terms. Like, no, obviously, if anything, we wanted to kind of end it while we were still having fun doing the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't want it to be a commitment. It was getting harder, I guess, for us to kind of, like, slot time to, you know, record and come up with weird ideas and to watch the films. And, yeah, it was just like it, it had nothing to do with us being sick of each other or anything. I, I hope <laughs> no one thinks that. Uh, 
you know, we're still having fun. And like Matt kind of alluded to, I feel like there's a potential future where we might come back for like, you know, spinoffs or bonus episodes. We might talk about, you know, the new Garfield movie when it comes out. We might talk about uh, I, I, if they uh, do. If Shrek five does come out, we're definitely doing an episode. Oh, for, for sure. Yeah. Like, there's not even a question. Right. I mean, if Puss in Boots yeah. had come out uh, later than it did, we probably would have come back and talked about mm-hmm. it. Um, yeah. I mean. Uh, one thing I will say is we'll probably never talk about Velma, the new <laughs> HBO Max show. I don't know if you guys watched it, but no, um, I, unanimously bad reviews. Like even right. from from both people that I would expect to like it and people I would expect to not like it, like across the board. People are finding common common ground across the political aisle in how bad that show is. And yeah. like what I, the big shame I've heard too is, and, and I know that you just said we're not going to talk about it, but I'm going to talk about it for a minute. Sure, um, go ahead. That like. From what I hear, the performances are good. Like, I mean, I, I love Sam Richardson and casting him as Shaggy or Norville, I thought was a very inspired decision. And from what I understand, the animation looks fantastic. It's really just like the writing is really bad from what I hear. So it's a bummer. Yep. And the you know why Scooby isn't in it, right? Why? They literally weren't allowed to use him. Oh, oh really? Is that the reason why they didn't have Scooby? thing? That's the reason. Yep the uh, the owners of Scooby Doo is like you're not putting him in this show. Huh. You can bastardize the rest of those clowns, <laughs> but don't you dare mess with our Scooby. Don't touch our dog. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? Now that I hear that, that actually, I, I commend them for doing that. I, yeah. I commend them for being like, we're gonna draw the line. You don't touch our dog. How dare you? Yeah. The only Anywho. Th- oh yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say I would like an adult Scooby Doo thing. But just ideally done not, better. Not that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, yeah. I was going to talk about this a little bit during our Scooby talk, but I'll just say, and maybe I'll talk about it more later, that I feel like I'm kind of over the adult thing of kid f- stuff. Sure. Especially with Scooby Doo. Like when I was rewatching the film, I was kind of more charmed by the kid stuff and less charmed by like the attempts to be adult and edgy. And I feel like. Well, this. I was, what yeah. I have in mind wouldn't be like doing the because because that's the thing one of the things about Velma is they're doing the whole like oh it's Scooby-Doo but adult um like right. what I have in mind I would like just a straightforward adult story like, like Zoinks I mean I, yeah we, we've talked about it on the podcast the script yeah. that Alex and I wrote it's that's what it is it's just a straightforward like horror movie or miniseries that just uses the Scooby-Doo characters and I think that there is a way to do that Sure, I mean, I'm open to it. I would obviously love to see that come to fruition, but mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I feel like, obviously, you and Alex would be a lot smarter about it. You're fans of the property. You're not just doing that to get a rise or whatever, but mm-hmm. um, but yeah, part of me was just kind of like, I, I kind of like the idea of Scooby just staying kid-friendly, sure. but at the same time, I would hope it's better than Scoop, the movie. Right. So Will, Will's like, this man runs DC now. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, He's got too much influence. Yeah. So, uh, let's kind of talk about the podcast itself for a little bit. Uh, Matt, where should we begin? Well, uh, it was what, six years ago that you pitched it to me? Seven, right? Seven years ago, I guess so, yeah, because it was, well, yeah, it was the end of 2016, um, and you pitched the idea for me. Mm -hmm. I said, I can't watch Shrek every week. You said, no, I was thinking monthly. Yeah, so uh, initially my idea for this was, uh, you know, it was kind of loosely based on a few podcasts. Some I listen to, some I don't. 
you know, it was kind of based on a podcast I love called Till Death Do Us Plart, where every year around Thanksgiving, the same guys get together and watch or rewatch, uh, I should say, Paul Blair Mall Cop 2. And I thought that was a really funny idea. And I love that podcast. And uh, to the host of that show, host podcast, which I've never actually listened to, and I'm going to actually listen to it uh, the day that this episode goes live because oh, I've nice. held off from ever listening to that podcast because I didn't want to influence the show. <laughs> um, but I'm sure it's a great podcast. I've heard many good things. But their idea was we watch the same movie once a week and then have an episode about it. Uh, and I thought that was too much of a commitment for us. But they, you know, they they did something more like like Grown Ups 2 or like We Are Your Friends, the Zac mm-hmm. Efron movie, like things that they didn't really grow up with. And I thought it'd be more interesting to explore uh, films that at least you and I had watched a bunch as a kid, like yes. movies that we grew up on, movies that, you know, influence us in some way in our pop culture taste. Uh, but we hadn't watched regularly in a long time mm-hmm. and wanted to kind of analyze it as uh, early adults and now actual adults um, and just kind of have, you know, kind of goofy, but, you know, also informed conversations about the movies themselves, why they work, why they don't work, yeah. what's the, to be gained from multiple, multiple viewings of the film that we, you know, maybe we're more forgiving of as kids. <laughs> uh, so I thought that was a really interesting idea. Matt, to your credit. Anytime I come up with a weird idea, you don't go, no, that's stupid. You're like, yeah, let's try it. <laughs> and we did it. Uh, we recorded the very first episode. Uh, actually, yeah, the first episode we recorded in your basement. Yeah, my parents' basement. Your parents' um, basement. Uh, it was just us goofing around holding microphones. Yep. We were, didn't we use rock band microphones for I it? I believe so, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I, mean, I haven't listened to that episode uh, in a long time. I probably won't ever well, listen to it again. I don't yeah. know what it's like. One part of it you've heard many times, which is the intro music that we also yes. recorded in that same session. <laughs> and I'm glad we kept that throughout because that was one of our best ideas to just kind of just keep that going as our bumpers uh, for each episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, and it's always weird, yeah, for me, like, especially as we get older, hearing the like, what, like, how old, I don't even know how old I was at that point, like 23 or 24. Yeah. You were like probably like 21. I was 21. Just, yeah. Yeah, and just like, you know, hearing our little pipsqueak voices and then just our <laughs> normal voices as we get older. the It definitely uh, weighs on me more as we listen to the our later episodes. But, um, yeah, I mean, we just kind of, we did our first season together. Like I said, mm-hmm. uh, or alluded to earlier, we uh, were going to do the whole Shrek franchise, I think because of the name of the show. Uh, you know, we're just like, all right, obviously we'll do Shrek one, then Shrek two, then Shrek the third, then Shrek forever after, then Puss in Boots and then, you know, Bob's your uncle. We talked about Uh, maybe doing the musical, I think too, at one point. Yeah, I think we did too. Um, so it might be a little jarring if anyone goes back and listens to that season and hears all of our proposed ideas for doing the Shrek franchise and that we never really did outside of (laughs) Shrek two. Um, but no, I mean, I think sometime around the end of season one, we're kind of getting burnout on the first Shrek, as you would imagine. Yes. And it just, like, it, it just felt like, okay, that would have been too much of a commitment to do Shrek 2 and Shrek 3. Like, it just, it felt too expected. Like, I didn't really like yeah. planning it out that much. It didn't give me a lot of inspiration to want to keep doing the podcast. And where, for whatever reason... Nobody listened to the third season. Yeah. Uh, and for whatever reason, um, throughout that year, I just kept thinking back, to, like, you know it was a really weird movie? <laughs> <laughs> was the cat in the hat because I obviously I mean that had Mike Myers as well uh yeah. you know it was coming out around the time of the Shrek movies uh, at least the first two films and I was like what a weird sort of like 
cultural footprint that movie had and like i was like does that movie hold up at all like i know a lot of people hate it but i have kind of nostalgic feelings for it and i was like do you matt i was like what if we just did instead of doing shrek 2 what if we just did the cat in the hat and like if that fails we can just go back and do shrek 2 for season three and so mm-hmm. on and so forth but i was like i really just kind of want to do something different to shake things up uh you agreed and you know uh we did that first season or sorry said second season and uh, as we're recording it, I was uh, becoming more attuned to Chris, who uh, you and I uh, used to write for the same site, Movie Boozer. Um, I don't, do you still write for that site, Chris? No. Okay, I was going to say, I don't, uh, I don't write for it anymore either, but uh, I'm so happy that it's still around. I hope it's still around. Made some uh, good friends on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I mean, I had known that you had a sort of fixation <laughs> on the cat in the hat. And I'd like you to speak for yourself about how that kind of came to be. Well, first of all, um, I think it was slightly before you started doing season two that you invited me on. Cause I kind of like, I think through the planets aligning or whatever, my fixation on cat in the hat kind of converged with you preparing for season two. Yeah. I think I missed the first episode of season two cause I had a commitment, but then I was on for the rest of the show. Um, but in any case, uh, one of the other writers for that site, Ken, my friend, I was like, he's never seen Cat in the Hat, and he's going to hate it. <laughs> um, so I said, hey, you should watch Cat in the Hat, because this can be really funny if I watch you suffer watching Cat in the Hat. He's like, I'll do it if you watch it ten times. I said, all right, gentlemen's agreement. I will watch it ten times over the course of the next few months or whatever, and then when I've reached ten viewings, um, uh, uh, you'll have to watch it. Either ten or twenty. I think it was ten. Either way. I got to about viewing number six, and I was like, "There's something here." <laughs> <laughs> this is a this is a modern classic. All of a sudden, and then I just couldn't stop. And then by the end of that year, including I think what we were watch what we watched for the show, I'd seen it fifty times. I believe that's correct. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's still insane to think about. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. And yeah, and we'll talk about it more when we talk about the movie. But yeah, that was. Um, I think at one point it started to get a little bit stale, but never to the point where it's like, I'm not looking forward to seeing it the next time. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that movie, I agree with you, Chris, that it has some weird sort of magic or mojo where, you know, I I don't know if it works still. I don't know if it works no matter how many times I've seen it, but like it has some weird captivating pull where it still as, works. Every time I watch it, I'm magnetized to it. Like I, I can't look away. I mean, I, I know that we're going to talk more individually about this, but I... I think it's safe to say that of the six movies, it probably like holds up the most. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a bold that's, claim. That's that's maybe the wrong. For, well, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Yeah, we can talk about that in a bit. <laughs> we have a lot to discuss, of course. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, um, yeah, I reached out to you as you mentioned, Chris. Uh, I was like, you'd be great for the season. Uh, I, you, you have the same sort of weird fixation on this film. At the very least, it's going to inspire some very fun, goofy conversations. Uh, and, uh, yeah, not only did you get along with us, you uh, kind of exceeded my expectations in many ways. Like, you got <laughs> along really well with Matt and myself. You had great chemistry. You were very agreeable about kind of going with our goofy ideas. And it was, uh, you know, it was a given that it was like, well, we have to bring you back for season three. Mm-hmm. And by that point, you're obviously, you know, you were in the group. You are in the fold. You, yeah. were in, you were in the ogre crew, as it were. <laughs> and uh, the show has been uh, benefited enormously by your company. Thank you. So, yeah. And then I don't, 
And then I don't know if there's much uh, mythology to dive into the rest of the show. We did Garfield, then we did Scooby-Doo, then we did Master Skies, then we did Shrek 2. I don't know if there's much more to say about the show beyond that. I kind of think that speaks for itself. Yeah, I think but, I was the one that kind of pushed for Master of Disguise. <laughs> I thought that was, I was me. I, yeah. I was also, I think we were all like, yeah, that sounds fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, yeah, because it was my attempt to uh, kind of go back to the zaniness of season two, which I still mm-hmm. think is probably my favorite season that we did. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, here's a movie that came out in 2002, uh, you know, just continues to baffle me to this day. I don't know why it is the way it is. I don't know, like, all these creative decisions don't make any sense. It's all put together in a convoluted way. Surely this will give us a lot to talk about month after month. And I mean, it gave us stuff to talk about, but uh, it also kind of weared on us more and more uh, as the year went along. (laughs) But also, Uh, like, what was every kid watching in 2002? Master Disguise. Everybody rented it. Yeah. Not, uh... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I guess I can't argue with that. Uh, I mean, you know... That's that was the movie for several folks. Yeah. Should we start on that one? I was gonna say, do we just kinda wanna rip the band-aid off and just talk about Master Skies first to kinda get, Let's out, get of it way. out of the way, baby? Alright. Okay. I have a super red hot take on this movie. Okay. Oh boy, okay. Watch rewatching it was surprisingly refreshing. <laughs> yeah, I, I was kind of I mean, of all the viewings that we've done, this is probably, I guess, my favorite for the Master Disguise. Yeah, yeah. Coming back to it after taking a year off, I, I yeah. could, I actually agree that it was like, oh, okay, all right. I can see it's why like, we were excited about this at first. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's it's got a, it's got a genuine charm to it. Yeah, I mean, oh, we should mention that. Um, so we all watch these films in different orders. Uh, we forgot to mention that before. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so Matt, you kind of wanted to stay the straight and narrow. So you watched yep. it in season order, going from yep. one to six. Yep. So you watched this one second to last in your viewing. Uh, <laughs> and then, you know, I was proposing, like, okay, if that's going to be the case, then one of us should do it the opposite way, like going backwards from six to one. And then one person should just do a wild card where they roll the dice, you know, whatever number they get from one to six each day is a the movie they're going to watch. Chris was very adamant about doing the you know roll the dice wild card option i was like i okay, jumped right on that grenade yeah i was like that's fine that's good i'll just do it backwards so i you know i kind of watched this one right after shrek 2 and to me i think they kind of added to the refreshingness of it not that i dislike shrek 2 right now uh, but it's just like but you just watched you know, it a bunch of times yeah i had watched shrek 2 a bunch of times and then i just watched it again yes for this and then you know going from that to master's guys like oh okay hoof it's just kind of refreshing to like That's go to the other one. So it was actually kind of, you know, nothing is against Shrek 2, but it was kind of refreshing just to get out of the way first. Yeah, and no, then, I mean, yeah. that's part of why I didn't want to do reverse order was because I was, I like, and even when I finally got to Shrek 2 and rewatching all these, I was like, I like barely paid attention. I'm like, I, I just watched this a bunch of times. Like, <laughs> it hasn't been long enough yet. Yeah. I mean, it's, but, it's it's pretty much just the 13th month in a row that you've been exactly. seeing it. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but if I am correct, this is the first one you watched, Chris, right? Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. The randomizer spoketh and <laughs> That's right. said master disguise. <laughs> it's the disguise way. Yeah. <laughs> I still wish that this movie was canonically linked to um, the Adam Sandler movie, The Cobbler. 
Yeah, it would have been fun. One? I did, yeah. No. At the so like you know how he he makes shoes and he turn the shoes turn them into different people. Yeah, he's a cobbler. He, he, yeah, you know the whole premise, right, Matt? Yeah, I think you've told me it. Yeah, he's got <laughs> magic shoes. And at the end I of like the movie, that. It, uh, I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, Chris, but I just like that you're like, oh, you know, like this premise for this <laughs> Madam Sailor movie that everyone's forgot about. Yeah, you know this, right? <laughs> yeah, no, he he makes shoes and then he turns the, into the person that has the shoes or whatever. And then at the end of the movie, they're like, you're part of a, a bloodline of cobblers that all have this power to turn into other people when you wear the shoes. It's like, that's that's Master of Disguise with Adam Sandler. Was it on Netflix? Was this one of his Netflix movies or was this like... No. No, this is a theatrical release directed by, wait for it, the director of Spotlight, Best Picture winner. Yeah, in the Tom si- McCarthy. Tom McCarthy in the very both movies came out in the same year. Oh, that's yeah. right. Okay, I remember that. Which is incredible. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember a lot of critics were like, Tom McCarthy somehow made the way, somehow found a way to make the best and the worst film of 2015. <laughs> and people at the end were in tears for very different reasons. I mean, that ending to the Cobbler is just absurd. I mean, it's yeah. it's, it's totally it's bonkers. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the ending to Spotlight is horrible and depressing. I mean, I said this in the first episode, but I maintain that this is Happy Madison's Holy Motors. Yeah. Uh, but I know you guys haven't seen that film, so I won't dive into that too much. But, um, but okay. anyway, yeah. yeah oh. Back to Master Disguise. And before I forget, I meant to tell you this guy's earlier, but I'll tell you right now. Uh, you know, usually we kind of sanitize these conversations, you know, like kind of make it kid friendly or whatever. I'm not saying, you know, go raunchy. I'm not saying go you know, wild, but the gloves are off. You can kind of talk about things that you felt. If you guys want to talk about dirty stuff, you can talk about dirty stuff. You want to talk sexual stuff. The, the Liberty is now presented, I say. So it's, it ain't over after dark. There you go. I was going to ask if we would do an uncensored kind of like, yeah. I mean, I don't know if we're going to like put this like as explicit or anything, but, uh, but go, you know, if, if the moment calls for it, you want to talk about something that, you know, uh, is raunchy or whatever, go ahead. Yeah, I, again, like the re- revisiting the Master Disguise a year, over a year later, it's just mm-hmm. kind of like, all right, you know what, I like you said, I can see why we wanted to do this. It's fun. Yeah, I agree. I mean, still easily the worst movie of the six no we doubt. Uh, covered. <laughs> but this is... Chris isn't I mean, so sure. <laughs> I'm not sure about that, okay. actually. All right, so you maintain that Garfield's the worst of the ones, I'm guessing. Yes. Okay. Hmm. See, I was okay. I mean, we'll, I'll, obviously we'll get into Garfield later, but uh, I thought Garfield was, you know, fine. Yeah. I guess this time. Like, I wasn't, like, hating on it. I was just kind of like, this is, it is what it is. Well, I want to just say for my own personal, like, litmus test, all of these movies that we did for this podcast are movies that I enjoyed when I watched as a kid. Yeah, I mean, that was the, that, yeah, yeah, we wanted like to do stuff that... Yeah, I mean, that was kind of, like, we didn't want to do a movie we hated as a kid. Right. That's why we so, never did Spirit. Right. Of course. Spirit. Fuck Spirit. <laughs> Stallion um, of the Cimmerillion or whatever. Stupid so, horse. Cimarron? Stupid, <laughs> stupid horse. I, mean, I don't sequel. care. I wish that train crushed him at the end. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, I, so, but that said, um, going through and watching these all again, it was to see, like, okay, am I able to, like, reconnect to that because I don't I think Master of the Skies is the only one that at the end of the year I like outright disliked um and 
You were pretty negative on Garfield, I remember. Well, by the end of it, was I? Okay. Yeah, you were like, I'm tired of talking about this movie. I'm tired of watching. I'm like, all right, come on, Matt. We're like in October. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, well, okay. I'll just say then, so for Master of Disguise is the question of like, can I come back and like it again? Uh, I think the answer on this one is going to be no. Uh, mm. I I, 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 I still do see the charm that you guys are talking about and stuff. And I, I like one thing I noted is I don't, I don't give Dana Carvey enough credit for his face when the nest is being revealed. Like there's just that yeah. he's just like, um, I know that the audience obviously can't see my face, but in any case, just go to that, go to that part in the master yeah, disguise. Go to that part. Um, but I, I actually, my other note is some movies get funnier the more you watch them. This is like the opposite of that. I think that of all the movies, this is the one that benefits from the rewatch the least. Okay. Um, so that's my hot take. Yeah. I mean, that's fair to say. I mean, it, it, you would think on rewatch, you'd be like, oh, it gets funnier because goofier. And it's mm-hmm. like, it makes more sense maybe if you watch it, but you get it never makes any, yeah, yeah, you never, it never makes any sense. And the jokes that like, are kind of grading the first time, just get worse and worse and worse with each conse- yep. each consecutive viewing of the film. Agreed. But do you disagree, Chris? Um, not necessarily. Uh, not necessarily, but I don't. I don't agree either. Um, okay. I'm still I, again as I fired up. I was like, all right, okay, this is good, and and I re- I remembered some of the parts that made me laugh, and of course my my conspiratorial mind kind of appreciated how much how much effort the movie put into building out a big world mm-hmm. so to speak um, like I still think one of my favorite uh, lines in the movie is when he's wearing the, he's cherry pie man and they say hey it's cherry pie man it's cherry- <laughs> as if it's as if a being known as Cherry Pie Man exists in this world. I clocked this, that this time, and I was like, wow, Chris is not wrong about that. They, they say it as if it's a character. Yeah, it's, like, it's not a Cherry Pie Man. Well, it's, I thought they say, hey, it's a Cherry Pie Man. No, no it's, it's, it's like, hey, it's, it's Cherry Pie, pie Man. It's Cherry okay. Pie Man. It's, it's deliberate. Yeah, which I think is just terrific. Um, and then other things, like, I think this is the move, maybe... Mm, Maybe apart from Shrek, though I don't think so. This is the one that has the least sanitary PG humor. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. This one's the one that feels the dirtiest. Yeah. Even compared to The Cat in the Hat, which I think is technically a dirtier film. But this, for some reason, this one just feels dirtier. Well, this one has, like, scenes where they talk about women's buttocks and, like, stare at a woman's butt. Like, yeah. it, I, I would say this is, like, actually and pretty... Stare at a... Stared at a woman's butt, but it's a guy it's with a long guy. hair. And yeah. They asked yeah, for her. I, I think this one's the dirtiest by far. Yeah. yeah. I mean, his. both this and Cat in the Hat are perverted films, but I guess yeah. Cat in the Hat is a perverted Chad, whereas <laughs> Master Disguise is like the perverted virgin, I guess. So I, I guess. don't know. Yeah. yeah. And this one, it's a Happy Madison production. I mean, you can tell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is very much a Happy Madison film and one of the better Happy Madison movies I might add. Whoa. <laughs> That's a bold claim, I think. I mean, it's like, you know, Happy Madison at this point had, like, Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison and, you know, like, other movies of some note. You just note. named the two movies that make up <laughs> their name. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But also, like, Wedding Singer and, uh, like, Big Daddy's Not Too Bad and, you know, like, some other movies. Yeah. I'm just not a, I'm not a Sandler comedy fan. You're not a Sandman. I'm not, not a Sandman. Not about the Sandman. But do you I like his dramatic that- turns? 
Oh yeah, Punch Drunk Love is one of my favorite movies. Me too. Punch Drunk Love is uh one of my favorite movies. Love them yep. and Uncut Gems. Love them in the Marwood stories. Yep. yep. Uh, I feel like there's another one. Of right over that, me. Yeah, I mean that is a film of his very dramatic. Oh, Funny People is what I was thinking of. Yeah. Uh, Bedtime uh, Stories. No. Sure. I mean that's a tragedy in a different way, I suppose. I mean, yeah. <laughs> And then he didn't get nominated for an Academy Award for Uncut Gems, or he didn't win or whatever, and he's like, well, in retaliation, I'm going to make the worst movie ever, and then he made Hubie Halloween. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> Hubie Halloween isn't even that bad. I mean, it's No, like, it's not. Yeah. It's, like, kind of tolerable. Um, it's better than Joe Dirt 2. Yeah, it's funny you mention that. I mean, obviously, we won't know what the Oscar nominations are, because they're going to come out tomorrow, the day after we're recording this, but some people theorize he might get nominated for Hustle. So, for all we know... By the time uh, this episode's out, he might be Academy Award nominee, Adam Sandler. Or he'll be rolling up his sleeves and making Hubie Halloween 2. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he already has a murder mystery 2 coming up yeah. this year or something. Yeah. 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 But um, I don't know. I think that's, that's pretty much all I have to say about Master of Disguise. I did forget how, and it, not as, I, I forgot how busy the production design is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean,. Pretty just, incredible production sign. I mean, Garish, though, it may be, I agree, but, like, it's still pretty incredible. Yeah, I, I love it. It's just, like, there's so much going on in the background of the monkey with the symbols and the different lights on the stairs and whatever. Yeah, like, I was uh, I was clocking this time a lot of the green. There's a, a good yeah. amount of green in this movie, uh, which makes it fitting for this podcast. I was going to say, what lunatic wanted to design an Italian restaurant like that? <laughs> I mean, it's supposed to be a tourist trap, so I guess it makes I guess, sense. Yeah. Uh, you mind if I just give? I have like quick little notes about. Master I was just about to say. Yeah. I don't know how many notes you guys have. I wrote a decent amount of notes for every one of these films. I'll be honest. I only wrote a couple for each, but um, I have a couple more after you're done there. All right. Well, uh, I can start with some of mine, and then you guys yeah. can. Yeah. Go ahead with I forgot, yours. I, I forgot that I wrote notes for this one. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. But I only have uh, three. Let's see. I I wrote uh, my roommate Jim was watching this with me, mm-hmm. uh, and he theorized that uh, this in this movie everyone knows that they're in a movie, but they don't know if anyone else knows that they're in a movie. <laughs> so like everyone's kind of having a glitch in the matrix. I like that moment. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw a documentary, but like everyone's kind of just like, does everyone else know that like this is a movie? And, uh, you know, no one's able to really kind of address it or acknowledge it. He kind of reworked the theory as the movie went along, but I, I, it got too kind of convoluted to discuss. I thought the initial idea was much funnier. So there you go. Um, let's see. I, I thought it was really nice to see uh, Meatball Man again. I know he's kind of a jerk, but oh, yeah, I just always love seeing. Uh, yeah. Give me some of them man-sized meatballs, 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 meatballs. Am I going? Going too (laughs) fast for you. Classic. I don't know why you let that little nutball work here in the first place. (laughs) I feel like you just said all of his lines. (laughs) Yeah. Well, he also does the spaghetti. I think that's the Uh, thing. Yeah, that's the thing. And then he looks at his wife like it's hilarious. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> well, yeah, because it's like he's I'll like take the spaghetti, and then he pretty much might as well have just nudged his wife. Yeah, because he, he's because he's being told about the special today is the bouncy baby shrimp, and he's like, I'm not about your New York ways. I'm just gonna have spaghetti because <laughs> I'm from Texas. Uh, yeah, the only line of his I think I missed was the. <laughs> uh, good stuff. Are you Mac, my husband? <laughs> 
Because you better right. not be. Because you better not be. Love that guy. I, yeah. I wish he was in the movie more. I wish he was in the end credits. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true. He should be. Um, Genuine question here. What is Pistachio doing on the roof when Papa's kidnapped? He's throwing away trash, isn't he? Is he? Because, like, before that, he was catching, um, you know, his girlfriend or would-be girlfriend and Rex, the waiter, or Rex, the insurrectionist, I should say, uh, <laughs> uh, making out. And then, like, later he's just, like, on the roof all of a sudden. He, like, watches this inciting incident. So I thought it was a little random. Remember. Yeah, I don't I don't know either. I Welp! Couldn't tell you and won't ever tell you because I'm probably never going to watch this movie again. <laughs> well, shit. Uh, I gave All the right. movie a point on the rewatch for Walking on Sunshine because I do like that song. And so. Yeah. Was that one of your notes? Yeah. All right. What <laughs> other notes you got? Uh, Bubble Man remains a highlight. I don't want any true bubbles. Yeah, like him just showing up in the credits was just like hilarious because it's like, oh yeah, Bubble Man. Um, Run, Jennifer. Yeah, the fact that that's how you first see him. Um, I The Jaws scene was a little funnier to me now that I saw Jaws for the first time this past year. Okay, okay. so the arm thing, it's been a long time since I've seen Jaws, so the arm thing is a direct reference to something in the film, right? No. It's, it's oh. because... Yeah, no, he has the hairy arm from being the previous disguise. Oh, okay, okay. I didn't. I didn't know if that was supposed to be a joke or if like there was something from Jaws I had just totally forgotten and they couldn't no. remember. Okay, no, that was so just that he makes, gave himself yeah. away. <laughs> yeah, okay, um, that makes more sense. Yeah, because like at that point he's still learning. That's why he has like the cherry man shoes when he's the bald right. henchman. Yeah. Yes. Um, and I only have two other notes. Uh, the first one is that I want Tim Robinson to remake The Master of Disguise. Honestly, yes. Matt. And he's like, there's amazing, too much fucking shit on me. Amazing <laughs> idea. Thank you. Because, like, that's yeah. a big... Like, that was one of my notes I wrote was that, like, this movie doesn't... Like, the fatal flaw of the film uh, is that Pistachio in Disguise is, like, constantly calling attention to himself. Like, I yes. know he's, like, still, like, a level one apprentice. Yeah. But like, still, like it's—he's not really a master disguise. He's just like constantly calling attention to himself. Yeah. So it would be amazing if there was like a remake of this film. Not that like it's more strict about the master disguise thing, but like it just kind of acknowledges that he's just really shitty. Yeah. As a just master like, disguise, like a crazy guy. Just yeah. Like, and then like like having a guy like Tim Robbins involved. Yeah. Like someone who's like. I feel like he could make a good version of this movie. Like, yeah. wait, Tim Robbins or Tim Robinson? Sorry, Tim, Tim Robinson. Robinson. I meant to say okay. Tim Robbins. I misspoke. I said Tim Robinson, but that would be an interesting. Well, I mean, that would be an interesting <laughs> film as well. But I mean, I yeah, I meant to say Tim Robinson. Go enough Matt's idea. Yeah. Um, okay. But no, I, I think that's a, a credible pitch, Matt. I hope it comes to be. I hope Netflix uh, greenlights it. Thank you. Um, like a and then, sequel called Master Disguised Legacy, and Dan Carvey plays the yeah, grandpa character. Yeah, didn't we like pitch that too? Like the yeah, idea we, of like doing a like we came up with legacy sequel or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, I and then my final note on Master of Disguise is uh, I'm doubling down. This is something that I mentioned early on in season five um, that the slapping dummy man is dressed exactly as Mario. Yeah. Um, and I'm doubling down on that note because I thought about it and Mario, that design of Mario was like 10 years old at that point. It wasn't a new thing. So why is the dummy man dressed exactly like Mario? It's the blue overalls, the red shirt, the brown shoes, the yellow buttons and the mustache. Like it's not even close. It is the exact outfit. Podcast yeah. engagement. 
<laughs> so that this conversation like, somebody's gonna happen. talk about this on a podcast someday. <laughs> I just think I it was honestly just an easy sight gag. It's just like what's something kids would recognize Mario. But he's that's the thing like they don't call funny. attention to it. He's not wearing a hat, so I don't know. I know. So <laughs> I honestly I would think that like somebody Mandela affected themselves into the uh, design of that costume. Like they they made the costume and they didn't even think about the fact that, that it was Mario. Mario. <laughs> like a complete accident to the Mario costume. I like that. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I can see it. Yeah, that's yeah. all I got to say on Master of Disguise. All right, uh, Chris, what notes do you got? Um, I, was gonna, I think I've made this note before, but it still blows my mind. There are three original songs in this movie. <laughs> I'm still very curious to know if like they had like an open casting call for theme songs for the movie, and just and like they're just like all, all these are great. <laughs> I like it. Which one did you want to use? And like, yes. what's, what's it? Perry Anderson Blake is just like, oh, geez, uh, why don't we just like do all of these? <laughs> it's like they're like six songs. It's like, yeah, I know, but it'd be fun. My other note is like, I don't I don't think I've ever noticed this before, but like at the very end when um, all is said and done and and the disguise comes off of dad and, and, the, and him and, disgu- and him and pistachio hug. And the grandpa's like, a disguisey tradition. Like, what, hugging your dad? <laughs> your dad almost killing you on top of the lunar rover wearing a disguise? They have I don't know. Of, just, uh, that was such a weirdly placed line. Yeah. I mean, I think it's supposed to be bleeding into the next scene, right? Where it's like, a family tradition. Mm. The pistachios are back together. And, you know, pistachio married Jennifer. Um, Yeah. I thought that's what I was going for, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, trauma in that family that I feel like they haven't really worked through, and uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if they ever will, well, because this movie is, they hide their feelings, yeah, quite literally. And their faces. And their um, faces. I, the, also, this movie is such a freaking hack job in terms of editing, I oh, wouldn't it's be surprised if they was <laughs> something else, mm-hmm. but. I still don't get why Bubble Man was cut. I don't in, either. In favor of Grammy Num Nums. It's a much funnier character from... I mean, I, I know the deleted scene was out there. We never really found it. I mean, if we, if we tried harder, I'm sure we could have found it. But, uh, I mean, I know, like, they had to, like, reshoot that scene for the Gammy Num Nums thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I don't know. I mean, I just... As soon as I see Bubble Man, I'm, like, I'm laughing. Like, yeah. this <laughs> just is such a ridiculous character. It's so funny. It's so goofy. Um, but would but, we feel that way if he was in the movie, though? Is the, I don't yeah. know. Like, That's the thing. I don't know. But I feel like Gammy Num Nums is one of the weaker disguises. So uh, maybe maybe Bubble Man got canceled. Ooh, they had to cut him out of the movie. Yeah, he had allegations some, came forward. Oh, I was gonna say yeah. some bad tweets. Uh, that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean any of that. Run, Jennifer. Run. I don't want to bubble on Twitter. <laughs> I didn't want you to throw bubbles. I just wanted to talk about cancel culture. <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, I mentioned also, speaking of Gammy Num Nums, that the movie pauses for that Malcolm in the Middle line of hers. Like, it's so proud of that line that's like, we got to pause it because people are going to be laughing their butts off. Which line? It's what the like, step aside, whatever. It's like, I'm not going to be the Malcolm in your middle. Like, this is one Girl Scout that's not going to be the Malcolm in your metal. Oh, yeah. Whatever. It's like, she like says like three pop culture references. And it's like the, probably the worst line in the film. <laughs> uh, 
Actually, no, the the Olsen twins line is the worst line in the film. Yeah. Uh, but that's probably the second worst line in the film. And, like, it's proud of itself for that line. It pauses the film. And it's like, these, these people are going to be laughing so hard because he said the name of the show that's on TV right now. Yeah. Well, let's never talk about Master Disguise again. Oh, I have some, some more notes. Oh, oh you said <laughs> My bad. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm just going to speed run right through them. Uh... Pistachio mocks God and still does. Yeah. Uh, this movie is pro-British. Mm-hmm. Um, they slow down the film intensely slow when Grandpa closes his hand to tell Pistachio to shut up. Do you know what I'm talking about there? No. Like, you know, I like got scene where he's like, this is what you're doing. This way, yeah. I want you to do it. He's like, but he's like, but, 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 and he like goes like that. They slow down the film. Like, if you watch it back, like the film is like, I guess he just like went like this in the actual edit, uh, but like... like it's they like slowed the, the film, the, the yeah, half yeah, frames or whatever. yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. It's really weird, and I didn't yeah. notice that until now. I've never cut that. Um, <laughs> I just wrote a grandpa and girl pistachio were just randomly hanging out in front of the school. Like, oh yeah, yeah, no, I know that's we've we've talked about that that they never like what's going on there. They're just standing there. <laughs> like I just like to imagine like someone like a I guess in this case a fourth person is like watching like some old dude that they never seen before just hanging out at this high school and then some some guy dresses a woman uh <laughs> you know like pretending i well i don't know i don't know if i'm phrasing that properly but like you know like it's like you know a, a man they've never seen before clearly an adult uh you know yeah dressed, with, with another, uh, another a school adult girl. man trying to look like a young lady long yeah. young girl mm-hmm and then uh, a boy comes and <laughs> extends a flower, like like that weird kid at school and no one knows, just like extends a flower, and then the grandpa gets upset about it, and you're just kind of like watching this, and just like I know I should be doing recess things, but like what's going on here? <laughs> uh, like Prince Lama Jama's scene is tougher than before. Yes, but it's yes. easier to love Buttercup. I think Buttercup's a fun character. Uh, I I. Uh, pay attention to the Ricky Martin name drop since it's like, hey, yeah. you know, I just watched Shrek 2. Now they're talking about Ricky Martin. <laughs> uh, I don't wish to speak ill of Jennifer, but how the hell did Jennifer not know that Trent was literally right next to her at the bar? I That okay. was one of my notes that I decided not to mention. Yeah, I had a thought, and it, it's maybe conspiracy theory. Like, Well, might as well get it out now, man. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, Grandpa is disguised as Rex or not Rex as uh Brad is that the boyfriend's Trent. name Trent he is described he is disguised as Trent to make him look bad so that Jennifer will fall for pistachio that's okay. a good theory I like that yeah anyway and but that's that why that's explain... why Rex is also there because just... as we've established they're the same character yeah but that doesn't explain how Jennifer just doesn't notice that Trent's right next to her. I know, but I, it was just you just reminded me of it is all. And then that but also I, means that Grandpa let Pistachio beat his ass. Yeah. No, I yeah. mean I'm glad you brought it up, but I just I, I just don't think that answers my question. <laughs> um, Austin Powers had Britney Spears, and this movie has Jessica Simpson. Nothing against <laughs> Jessica Simpson. I just kind of feel like this movie yeah, is age, like how, kinda, how is it aged? <laughs> and Cat in the Hat has Paris Hilton. Yeah. That's true. Uh, selling Papa is too easy. Uh, I, I think this is referring to um, what's his face, the bad guy's name. Um, 
Derek Devlin Bowman. Uh, it's too easy to just sell him off on the black market, uh, but to put a mask on him and like super glue it to his face, and it won't r- rip off. And then throw him over a cliff, and then like somehow like avoid the autopsy, or like because like he'd be so I guess mangled from the fall that they wouldn't be able to tell who was who. I don't know. It just sounds like it's not that much easier than than you know. <laughs> and it actually weirdly sounds like nicer. Like I feel like it's crueler to sell him because yeah. he's like forced to live in this false identity. Right. And, like, right. <laughs> so it seems like he just kind of gave him like yeah. yeah like it's supposed to be like. I'm doing the more evil thing, but it's like, I feel like forcing him to be himself and then like never able to escape that and then suffer his fate is like way crueler. Death over slavery. Anyway, Um, finish these notes. I don't want to talk about this movie. I know, I know. I'm I'm trying to wrap them up. (laughs) Pistachio is a confirmed brief man, but he wears boxers in that one scene. Okay. The scene where the do- the slappy dummy man pulls down his pants, he's wearing mm-hmm. boxers, but he's like, we know he's a man who wears briefs. Mm. He always puts the underwear on his head. Wow. <laughs> Continuity failure. Continuity errors. Uh, this is barely a film. Yeah. Uh, Antiques Roadshow set piece. I just thought it's really funny that there's an Antiques Roadshow set piece in this family it's film It's funny children. you say this is barely a film because I had the exact same note. I know we've said it before, but it, mained, it yeah. rings true. It's barely a film. Uh, and then I was just thinking like... During that barrage of like montages during the end credits, where just like a slather of scenes that don't make any sense mm-hmm. and just stuff's going on, I just kept thinking about like the film ushers in uh, you know 2002 cleaning <laughs> up the theater, not having his chance to see the film, just catching these glimpses <laughs> over and over again, and trying to have to figure out like what is this movie. <laughs> I have a really quick interjection on that. I just had a thing. I just had a thought. I think that the collection of of like little clips and stuff at the very end I think every scene in the movie started from that type of thing like they just have Dana Carvey dick around for a few minutes They're like okay is that funny <laughs> let's make it into a scene in the movie and they just stitched everything into a, into a narrative into for the a, whole film a relatively coherent plot. I mean <laughs> and then everything at the end credits is like they didn't have the creativity or the gumption to stretch that out into a full scene I honestly think like those little clips you're talking about during the end credits I'm pretty sure those are like the screen test Mm. For like Kim in costume And like it's like okay here's all the characters we got And like they just need more footage To like you know Put in the credits they're like let's just use that Like why not Yeah, That's my theory at least I don't know if that's true Who kn- We'll never know We'll never, we'll know. never know Cause we're done talking about Master Disguise we're gonna do our little Viking funeral For the film You know let it go Goodbye. Bon voyage That's it and I will delete it from my Amazon account. There you go. <laughs> so what's next? Uh, we can talk get Shrek, I think we could get Shrek 2 out of the way, because what, what are we well, going to say about that? Or I was going to say, we, could just talk, well, we should just talk about Shrek 1 and Shrek 2 together, right? I guess, yeah. Like, why, why not? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you want to do that now, or do you want to do Garfield? Either. Uh, Chris? Shreks. All right, let's talk about the Shreks. Um, uh, admittedly, I thought we'd talk about this much later in the episode, but let's just get it out of the well, way. Do the, you want to save it for later? It doesn't no, no, no. I'm, I, no, I'm, I, I'm just joking around, Matt. I'm, oh. I think it's funnier if we do it now, because uh, it's just like we're gonna do a boy voyage for Shrek, like not even halfway through this episode. <laughs> oh uh, yeah, I only had one note about Shrek Two, which was uh, not even about Shrek Two, um, and it was just. Uh, an interesting conundrum for you guys. Would you have rather done 
for a full season of this show? The Master of Disguise or Shrek the Third? Master of Disguise. Yeah, I would have said Master of Disguise. I was thinking about that, and I was like, I'm so glad we never had to do Shrek the Third 12 times. Yeah. Like, it was hard enough watching it that that uh, month of August. Yeah. It's Shrek the Third is just so boring and, and That's lifeless. Right, yeah. And yeah. It, they really weren't trying for that one, it seems. Yeah, I mean, it just feels underbaked and just, I don't know. I feel like Master Sky is much more interestingly bad. Sure. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, well, then, on to Shrek 1. Um, well, for me, at least. Um, I One thing I noted is that the simplest animation ages the best in it. And mm. actually, to that point, I could even kind of see some of the ways that the new Puss in Boots movie is actually, I thought some of the animation harkened back to the original Shrek in, in a weird way, like the way the colors are. The original Shrek is surprisingly clean in terms of animation. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, one of my hot takes I was going to talk about is that, I mean, it's hard for me to argue that the animation in the first movie is better than the second one, but I much prefer the look of the first movie over the second one. Mm-hmm. The use of shadows, I mm-hmm. feel like it feels a lot more grounded. I've, I've constantly used words like kind of like folksy. Like it just feels like a little bit more kind of rustic and like it feels more like a film to me in a yeah. way that I feel like the second movie is like everything's brightly lit. Everything's just kind of like, you know, popping and like constantly trying to catch your attention. This feels a little bit more homey and a little bit more kind of, you know, set in its ways, I guess, you know, kind of uh, mirroring Shrek's kind of, you know. Uh, journey of self, as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think it. I just. I prefer look. I preferred looking at Shrek One over Shrek Two, personally. <laughs> yeah, I think that was most evident for me, both in the opening credits and then uh, when Lord Farquaad is is first introduced. Mm-hmm. The Gigi scene. Yeah, you're a monster. I just and I still like it's it's. It's been a while since I've seen the movie, but it's still a terrific joke when his size isn't revealed until he keeps walking further into the background. He's like, oh, wait a second. He's like half as tall as everybody else, <laughs> especially because yeah. his his introduction sets him up to be this big, imposing, evil man. And he's like, oh, he's like four and a half feet tall. Yep. <laughs> it's great. I yeah. also think this out of all of the movies, this one has the most cleverly disguised adult jokes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. I don't know. I, th- I think just the writing's a lot stronger with this one. Like, I was thinking about, like, the third act of this film, and I was just like, you know, this is, like, a pretty good script. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, like, well-written. Like, I, I think, like, like the, the conflict that's, like, you know, in other movies would seem kind of forced. Like, I kind of get why, you know, this, this mistake happened. Like, maybe mm-hmm. it's a little convenient that Trek heard just the wrong thing at the wrong time. But, I mean, like, it's, like, the, the lines that, like, you know, when they're kind of arguing and that, like, I can, like, totally understand mm-hmm. why Shrek feels that way. I totally feel Fiona's heartbreak when she thinks he's saying something else. And it's just, like, uh, I don't know. I was going to say, I mean, I, I've kind of wavered a little bit. I feel like watching this movie so many times, I've kind of, like, gotten jaded mm-hmm. on Definitely. the film. Yeah. But this time, I really just was, like, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to, you know, watch and hopefully enjoy Shrek, the Academy Award winning film, and I found it like touching. Like I think it's a really sweet movie. And I know I'm like, you know, not saying anything new or profound here, but like it, it affected me more this time than I think it has in subsequent 
viewings that we've had. Sure. I mean, yeah, so. I if, just for to check in on my litmus tests for both Shrek 1 and 2, I, I still can enjoy. So that's good. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know how much you guys had to say about the first Shrek. Uh, I, as you can imagine, I have notes, but I want you guys to say your piece. Or I can kind of start with my notes this time and then uh, get to yours if you guys have less notes. It's up to you guys. I don't really have any notes for this. I had a okay. couple, but... Well, go ahead. You can start. All right. I'll, I'll do like a few of them, then I can finish after you finish yours. Mm-hmm. Uh, has any needle drop hit harder than All Star? Like, no. honestly, like, like, it, like, no matter how many times I watch this movie, just that somebody wants. Yeah, it's just it, so. It might be one of the most, like, tied song to movie, like, whatever you want to call yeah. that, period. Yeah. Needle, needle drop, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Would anybody even know purposeful. who Smash Mouth is if it weren't for Shrek? It's a good question. I, um, I feel like they would have died off. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of the, the hand that fed them and the hand that bit them, right? Like, yeah, and then the hand that threw the bread at them at that one concert a few years ago. <laughs> well, they, they, they took that said hand and threw the bread. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess, well, I know, you know you're right. They didn't throw it back at the audience, right? Someone threw bread at them and then, like caused Steve Howell to like snap. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, I hope that guy's doing okay, because he's not yeah. in Smash Mouth anymore. Steve. Thinking about you, that? Steve. Thinking about you, Steve. <laughs> um, That's the title of the spinoff podcast. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not to diss my man Shrek, but how did he and Donkey like not see or hear all the fairy tale creatures like starting fires and like setting up tents and, you know, just like making a lot of noise up in front of his swamp, like... <laughs> yeah, they are like, all pretty moved in by the time he <laughs> right. I just kind of like 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 you didn't hear any commotion outside. Well, I like, would think that Donkey probably doesn't care because his life is chaos anyway, and Shrek has very poor hearing. He well, has I, a lot I, of oh wax. yeah, because he has yeah he has a earwax yeah, buildup so. of wax, so he can't hear. Yeah, but I know I think Donkey is just like oh oh yeah because he told him to be quiet, so it's mm-hmm. like maybe he's like I I shouldn't say anything. But, like, there's some stuff going down here, and I don't know if Shrek knows this. Mm. Mm. I like it. Um, Donkey is colorblind, but he calls Shrek a mean green fighting machine. Well, maybe he just can't tell red and green apart. That's possible. I mean, I think that line's a reference to Stripes, but uh, I, I think it's just a mild continuity error, but I think you could be <laughs> onto something, Matt. I wrote, how many times has Shrek been stabbed or shot? <laughs> If you didn't know the arrow was in his butt, like, I mean, like, honestly, like, I right. mean, with, you know, pitchforks and mm-hmm. fire and like, I mean, I'm sure he's been through the ringer, you know, he just doesn't feel pain anymore, except for the, you know, emotional rejection that Fiona unintentionally gives him. And that one point, but, right. but, uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, uh, I'll stop for now. I want to hear your thoughts, Matt. Um, I can feel this movie in my bones now. Um, mm, wow. How's it feel? Like the weather? Yeah, no, I'm more just like that, like watching it, I like just we've just I feel like doing this podcast has caused the first Shrek movie to like, you know, you know, in um, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man one where the DNA is like splicing with his D. I feel like that's me with Shrek. (laughs) (laughs) It's like your blood's turning green. Yeah, it's like a part of me now. Um, And on that note, I wrote the years. What? Start coming, and they, they don't, don't stop, stop coming. I think about that 
lyric a lot because it really yeah. there is like a point where you get in your 20s and all of a sudden the years start coming and they don't stop coming that's true it gets um, worse in your 30s i can imagine rules, they hit the ground running <laughs> um but no my note was Thelonious <laughs> is still my man um mm-hmm. oh yeah Thelonious is you know always will be our guy yep and then <clears throat> my only other note is this is what the 14th time we've watched Shrek for this podcast will uh yeah for this podcast yes so on the 14th viewing of this movie I still noticed true love something gave to me <laughs> <laughs> I still noticed something new um which I'm I don't know if you guys have ever talked about this but the um when they're in the castle there's like a cookbook of the knights like it's like a knight's cookbook yeah, yeah. how to best cook i had never noticed that gag really yeah, right. i guess I, I think i had like seen it but i hadn't like processed it right and so this time i processed it and yeah dragon can read confirmed yeah yeah uh, those I, are all my notes yeah i i wrote um speaking of dragon that that shot of her like standing over donkey with, like the fire blooming and the wing spread Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty metal. Oh, I yeah. Think it's a really cool shot. Uh, why does Shrek take a shower if he's going to dirty himself up in his clothes in that mud log? <laughs> I mean, I know he, like, takes a mud shower, but, like, you know, he gets his clothes all dirty and stuff. Why not just, like, while he's already nude, just push that mud log out and then, like, you know, not mess up his clothes? Or shower with his clothes on. Yeah. If he wanted to. A lot of questions. Uh, but then we couldn't see Shrek's ass crack. <laughs> Has any trend chasing bar tried making Shrek's eye martini? Oh, I'm sure they have. Got it. Got it. There's like Trek raves at this point. I was going to say, I mean, I feel like at these raves and stuff that someone has to have done that, right? Yeah. Like, I, the, I, would, the, I would bet money that they have drinks like those at Shrek Fest. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's got to be. Uh, milk boarding Gingy. Kind of, you know, having not watched <laughs> the movie for a while, kind of took me aback. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> a waterboarding uh, reference in this uh, early 2000s a family film. Um, park. I was thinking about this uh, when we see the outside of uh, um, uh, what's the place called? Duloc. Yeah, thank you. Uh, parking with a cart and horse, like in the parking lot, must have been so hard. Like it's hard for me to parallel park with a car. <laughs> like, can you imagine parking with a horse and crate? Hey, it's a living thing. attached to a sentient animal. Yeah. <laughs> And then just have, like, the horses stay there, like, not, like, run off or, like, get scared or anything. Yeah. Uh, good for those horses. Good for those uh, drivers. Mm-hmm. Uh, when does Shrek had veal? He's like, yeah. try the veal. <laughs> you know, it's a good whatever. Question. Oh, I'm sure he's gone to the forest and stolen a baby lamb yeah. or whatever. And just he's a monster. Eating, eating it alive. I mean, we know he's a good cook. He makes some mean weed rats, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the shot. Oh, wait, no, I said that already. Shrek is spitting knowledge throughout this movie, and Donkey doesn't even appreciate it. <laughs> uh, is that a reference to anything in particular, or just well, like, 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 like when, like, he's constantly teaching, like, Donkey about, like, onions have layers. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, some things are more than they appear, and, like, Donkey's just not processing any of this. Uh, he kind of does, I guess, when they have, like, that kind of heart to heart in front of well, the, the outhouse, but. Well, also, uh, before, yeah. Also, the the whole onions ogres layers analogy does not make any sense. So I, I think on. Donkey was just kind of like I'm just gonna let him talk and wear himself out. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense in spirit, you know. 
uh, he's just he's trying to be upfront and you know confess his feelings. You know, it's hard for him uh, to be that honest. Mm-hmm. Um, Shrek's I know is actually pretty touching. I felt like where he. You know, like after he gives that little monologue in front of the moon and then Donkey's just like, you know, I didn't think you were a big, stupid, ugly ogre. And he's like, yeah, I know. That was a pretty touching little line. Uh, I don't know if it's my right to say, but uh, I wrote Lord Farquaad is a gay icon, question mark. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if any of us are are, uh, (laughs) allowed to Uh, say that, but I don't I don't disagree with it. I will say that. Uh, if you feel like cutting that out, I don't blame you. Uh, <laughs> Shrek calling Donkey useless is pretty cold. Yeah. Uh, and then my last note was, uh, so this is something I, f- I feel like I've kind of mentioned uh, in the first season that I didn't really clock until now, is that, like, I didn't really understand how Donkey got on top of uh, Dragon when they, you know, like, Shrek is climbing up the, mm-hmm. the, um, the chain. And it's because Dragon, like, sticks her hand out and like pulls up Donkey and like throws her him on her neck. And it's like we, oh, I just didn't really. I think I had the same note in like the eleventh episode of season okay. one. I was like, I never really thought about that, but yeah, you actually see her lift him up and put him there. Yep. So there you go. Uh, should we talk about Trek Two? Should we talk about Shrek and the Swamp Karaoke Dance Party? Should we talk about Far Far Away Idol? Whatever you want, Chief. I don't have any notes about any any more notes about any of those. So, well, boy, because I got notes about all of them. All right, <laughs> and I don't want to be a monologue. So, uh, Chris, do you uh, have anything Chris. to say about any of those? No, I don't. <laughs> uh, you know what? Yeah, I mean, you know, we can it's go back to, to it's allowed to be a monologue for a minute. I mean, it's you know, this is our last episode. It's okay. Uh, I, have okay. a, I have a note about about Far Far Away Idol. Okay, Fuck let's go you, there. Yet. Far Far Away Idol. Wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's heavy. Um, I that uh, yeah. Let's go into Far Far Away Idol. I guess. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, I can't say I liked it any time I watched it, and I especially didn't like it this time. Yeah. Uh. It's yeah. I wrote, Prince Charming is eager to partake in karaoke, which seems a little surprising given that his mom died that night. He's not like, (laughs) you know, oh, let me take some time to grieve and like deal with this. He's just like, karaoke. Hell yeah. Mother, watch me sing from heaven. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Lots to love about that joke. Uh, <laughs> uh, that, was, that was good, Chris. I don't want to undermine it. I, just lots, lots to love about that. Good work. Thank you. Um, how did I ever think this was Mike Myers singing? Like, it's very clearly <laughs> not even a good impression of him. Like singing, like what I like about you, what I like about you. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, you, got, it's, you got, yeah, you got. <laughs> It's like not even a good Shrek impression. I mean, I don't know what I was thinking. Uh, and I just, the uh, last thing I have to say about it, Larry King's vocal performance deserves way better than this short film. Like, he's given it his all. Yeah. And he, he deserved to win Far, Far Away Idol, I think. I or, agree. Or, I, sorry. Doris should have won mm-hmm. Far, Far Away Idol. And uh, I will not hear otherwise, unless you guys have a different opinion. I agree. Chris? Yeah, whatever. Yeah, all right. 
<laughs> Watch me from heaven, mother. Oh, <laughs> uh, that was good, Chris. Um, Shrek in the Swamp Karaoke Dance Party. It's a classic. Uh, classic. It's a banger. I, I don't like watching that because I know at least one of those songs is going to be stuck in my head for a week. Uh, like which one? I don't want to talk about it. Probably okay. I'm a Believer. Yeah. Okay. I Believer's not in the Shrek and Swamp Karaoke Dance Party. Uh, I, the, what's the Happy Together? That's the one that I love. I love that song. It's one of my favorite songs, but that always gets in my head. Oh, am yeah. I thinking about, I'm thinking about the end credits of Shrek. Yeah, oh, I, I, mean, wa- I watched all these movies so close together. It's like it's all mush. No, I get you. I get you. Um, I yeah. Just real quick, I'll say my notes were: this is the future liberals want. I wrote that down. Uh, everyone is living their best life in this video. My Farquad, who's like in a literal hellscape, <laughs> he's not dead. He's he's gonna like. Pretty, uh, he has to die a horrific death in the yeah. He's gonna in be the belly s- of the beast, slowly digested. Yeah, like the the Hopefully dragon stomach acid. Before then, well, maybe he'll take his own life. I don't know. Yeah. Uh but no, he's staying alive. Staying alive. Uh and I also just wrote that it's it's just kind of weird that this movie or not movie this short uh, ends on like an odd little bit of gay panic, where like you know cuts the black and we just hear donkeys like. Pinocchio, watch you're putting that nose, man. He's like, he doesn't want that nose up his butt because he's afraid to be gay. <laughs> and it's like kind of an odd thing to put at the end of this short for no reason. Yeah. But, you know, that's the Shrek and Swamp karaoke dance party. The only flaw of it, I guess, I'll say. Sure. Uh, Not to end on a downer note about it, but that's, uh, that's what I had to say about it. And... Do you mind if we switch to something else, then come back to Shrek 2? Because I don't want to just keep talking about Shrek by myself. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, we can. You want to go to Garfield? Yeah. Sure. Not get Garfield out of the way? Yeah, let's do it. I'm going to say Garfield, like we mentioned earlier, is, is my least favorite of the mm-hmm. bunch. Uh, it's also the one where I was least looking forward to rewatching. Sure. It's just, I, I just think that, like, I, I know we all love Garfield, um, so I don't want to be, like, elitist, but Garfield was such a staple. Elitist? <laughs> yeah. Garfield was such a staple of my childhood, and I had so many of the books, and every time the Scholastic Book Fair rolled around and they had a Garfield collection, I would get it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that the movie completely fumbles the concept of a Garfield movie. I agree. It, it just feels like it feels like an any any PG rated kids movie that has an animal in it or whatever, and they mm-hmm. just kind of slapped the Garfield license on top of it. Yeah, I mean, I will say like the first like five or ten minutes of the film are like a pretty accurate Garfield movie. Not a good one, but it's like that's Garfield. Yeah, I like, agree. You know, like you know, like the liver thing is like that's like a comic strip, like a little nutshell. Like yeah, like they get that stuff right, like. You know Garfield messing with John in the shower, like that's like stuff he would do in the comics. Yeah, uh, yeah. Then from there on, I mean, it's pretty obvious that they hired one or two of the screenwriters from uh, Toy Story, and they were just like, "What if you just did the Toy Story format, but instead of Woody and Buzz, it's, it's Garfield, Garfield and Odie?" Odie. Yeah. yeah. Um, and why? Why wasn't Odie also CGI? Because you know, that's not I don't Odie. Know. Like, do you think uh, they tried to do like a CG Odie and, and just like look freakish? They, yeah, they're probably like, "This is horrible." And then probably, like, honestly. And then somebody else is like, "What if we had a dog that's cute and he does tricks or whatever?" And then 
that's what kind of they went. I just I, I love the design, the cartoon design of Odie. Yeah, me too. Like the tiny body and the gigantic head and the massive tongue. Yeah, like it's it's, it's perfect. I guess I guess that wouldn't really have worked in CGI, but neither does Garfield for that matter. So yeah, yeah, it's almost like it's a property that should be animated. Yeah, and, and it will that. be, and it will be starting in, Chris uh, Pratt. <laughs> 2024? Is that when that movie comes out? I don't know. Probably. I don't care. Uh, Samuel Jackson's going to be Garfield's dad. What? You didn't know about that? I think I heard that but forgot it. Um, Well, there you go. I, Chris, on a similar... I I was obsessed with Garfield as a kid. Um, I remember being amped for this movie um, to, you know, come out when I was in third grade. Um, And I enjoyed it in spite of how it wasn't very good um because i was a kid this is one that will and i rewatched a few months before we started season three basically will was testing it if we could do it for the next year on the podcast and I forgot about this ever since that viewing i i am not able to like fully enjoy like i can definitely Aww. still enjoy the nostalgia of like oh i love garfield and i remember being excited for this movie but it's just such a bad movie. I can't really enjoy it anymore. I probably won't watch yeah. it again. <laughs> it is just yeah, insufferably uh, bland. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess I'm the nicest of the three of us. Uh, like, I can't say I like it, but I just don't really have, like, that strong negative feelings about it. It's just, like, a totally mediocre movie to me. Like, sure. it's. But I do, I, I mean, you know, not to be like, well, I was, like, a Garfield fan, too, you know. But I was, yeah, obviously, I grew yeah. up loving Garfield. I remember... Vividly in middle school, like going to the library and just getting the mm-hmm. books and just reading through them and checking them out and like, you know, reading as many Garfield comics as possible. And I was so amped for this movie. Like I, it was my birthday party. Uh, I went to see it at the now defunct Star City Cinema. Nice. nice. Uh, which is also where I saw the Cat in the Hat. Funny enough. Nice. Um, now that I think about it, I guess the only one of these movies that uh, I didn't see in theaters for. Uh, that we cover on the podcast with Master Disguise. I, I only saw that one on uh, DVD. Um, but, yeah. Um, and I feel like at the time, I was kind of tricking myself into liking it. Like, not that I disliked it per se, but like I felt like, well, that didn't really meet my expectations. But it was like, it was Garfield enough. Like, you know, like, I was definitely disappointed by, you know, like Arlene and like normal and like uh, Liz, I thought was like not at all as she is in the the comics. Like I felt like she's so much more self dependent mm-hmm. and smarter and funnier than like this. You know, no offense to Jennifer Love Hewitt, but I just felt like her character is just kind of bland and you know well, her career kind of... was blowing up at that time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I get why they cast. I think Ghost it's, Whisperer. Yeah, I mean, it's not bad casting. It's just, like, I think your character is just terribly written as, you know, yeah. like, the writing for Liz is just horrendous. But, uh, yeah, I don't know, just, like, uh, stuff like that. I was just like, eh, doesn't really honor the comics. But, you know, Garfield, he did the Garfield stuff. He ate lasagna. He hated Odie. He uh, did the stuff. And, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I guess, like, you know, I, I can't ever say I grew to like the movie, but it just kind of remained what it was like it it was it's like a pleasant sort of mediocre for me like i can watch it i it, it, it's pretty breezy it moves pretty quick mm-hmm. uh it's the the shortest of these right no master uh, disguise no. is shorter uh yes i thought this no. one it's yeah it, yeah it, it, 
they the credits of Master of Disguise are longer, but like the actual yeah. plot, like story ends before Garfield ends. Yeah, I will say um, the Garfield produced one of my favorite episodes that we've done of the podcast, which is the live episode. <laughs> That's a and fun one. Yeah, still one of my favorite moments of us recording is when uh, I can't even remember what I said. I said something that wasn't funny, like it was just a comment, and then. <laughs> Matt edited some guy in the audience just losing his mind. <laughs> I forgot about that. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a, I like found a particularly crazy laugh. <laughs> uh, that's yeah. great. Yeah, I, I definitely have fond memories of that episode. And I think that's a fun season too. Like, I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, uh, I think we made it pretty fun. I, I remember not too long ago, like uh, one of the guests on that. Uh, holiday special like reach out to me it was like hey was I on this episode and I was like yeah I think so let me go back and I listened to it and I was like it was a fun Christmas special like I remember having a lot of fun recording it It was fun to listen back to it so yeah I don't begrudge us picking that film and I guess I remain the most charitable of us I, on the film I have I think a, the, oh go ahead Chris uh, sorry I was gonna say I think the blandness of that movie pushed us to be more creative with each episode's concept I agree I agree yeah it's sort of um, the inverse of season five in that way yeah <laughs> Well, that movie just kind of beat us down, and we're just like, I don't know, like, Larry Crown? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, I actually do have a couple notes about Garfield. I'm probably going to not read them all. Okay. um, I actually have a a number. I know you you want us to keep going, but, like, I have a number of notes, too, for this movie. Yeah. Uh, The Succubus Theory sticks. Sure. Upon revisiting. Um, Liz is in, like, full succubus mode when she shows up in the red dress. Um, yep. That was my theory, right? Yes. Okay. Um, How could you forget, Chris? <laughs> Garfield talks about wanting a tail waxing, and I don't understand why he would want that. Um, yeah, that's, that's a good point. I don't know why. It sounds I painful. It does. Uh, yeah. Garfield says, I know you don't hear me, but would you just listen? Um, we've talked about that line before. This time it struck me as really doesn't relate to the scene at all. Um it just really feels thrown in there because an executive was like, you need to clarify that Garfield can't or John can't hear Garfield. And well, I feel like it's confusing if his mouth's moving. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he has no anus. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah. We need to distract him for the fact he has no anus. Point <laughs> out that he can't be heard by the humans and that he's tormented by this. There's a okay. line uh, later in the movie that will referenced before as being funny, and this time it really made me laugh, which is the... Let me ask you a question, pal. Chubby. What? Oh, yeah, Chubby. <laughs> Let me ask you a question, Chubby. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? It's <laughs> it's just so funny. I'm glad you knew what I was where I was going with that. Um, and it's finally, the one thing I look forward to every time, yeah. <laughs> finally, I have something... I don't know how... And if, if we have, I apologize in advance, but how in the hell... Have we never talked about the fact that Richard Kind is in the Garfield movie? Oh, yeah. He's one of the mice. He's as well the, as, the uh, dad mouse. Alex Bornstein is like the, the mom, too, right? Oh, no kidding. She's the other mouse that talks. Yeah, is she thing? like, let's go down to the Red Lobster Alley? Is that her? I guess. I don't know. I, I thought I, so. It sounds like Lois Griffin, so I'm assuming. But yeah, Richard Kind is in this movie. I love Richard Kind. Great character well, actor. Didn't yeah, who doesn't? Yeah, yeah, he's great. Anyway. Yeah. That's pretty much all my good notes. Okay. Uh, what are your bad notes? Uh, I love that John waits until the Black Eyed Peas song ends to run down the stands to get Odie. <laughs> like, Odie, Odie runs down and starts dancing, and he's just like, oh, 
but uh, is this a, uh, a hit song on America's Top 40 just, right now? Just, <laughs> just hang out up in the stands and watch. Which is totally a John thing to do. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, he yeah. doesn't want to interrupt the pageantry, you know. But, like, theoretically, he could at least run down the stands and, like, stand on the side and let Odie keep dancing. But he, like, doesn't even leave... He's like in the top row of the bleachers. <laughs> sure. Oh, uh, I wanted to say about that scene. One of my notes was they really, really missed a huge opportunity to not play Who Let the Dogs Out during that scene. Yep. I Why did they not do that? Like, is it too obvious? I or? would shoot myself if they did that. Oh, okay. Whoa. Well, I'm glad in that case that they didn't do it because I don't want Chris <laughs> to die. But, uh, but I thought it would have made more sense. It would have been funnier. But whatever. Amen. Amen. The, the writers of Garfield, the movie, are like, that's low-hanging fruit. We can't do that. That's too, you know. <laughs> uh, I, I also, I mean, since we're talking about that scene, there's a weird moment, and I feel like we talked about it before, but we might as well just uh, uh, talk about it. Uh, Garfield, like, when he's running away from the dogs, mm-hmm. he's like, gets that lady. I'm pitching he's a ride like, in your moo I'm going to take a ride in your moo But then, like, throughout the whole thing, he's just like, Right, piggy, like oink, or and they, like he's like calling her like a pig, and like degrading her while she's like losing her mind that this cat's like running through her dress and all this stuff. Uh, and like I was thinking about, I was like, is Shrek or not Shrek? Jeez, is Garfield fat phobic? I'm like, well, of course not. Like he's <laughs> he's fat and proud, right? Like you yeah, know, he, like he he loves being chubby. Like he he loves being thick and you know, yeah, uh, voluptuous. But uh, you know. If he's calling this lady a piggy, I think it just means uh, something we have acknowledged, at least movie Garfield, at least, which is that Garfield hates women. <laughs> he hates Liz. He doesn't really seem to be cool with Arlene. He calls this poor woman a pig. He just hates women. Garfield's a sexist. He's a misogynist. Yeah, he's, he's awful. He's completely red pilled. He's completely red pilled. He's like, you know, <laughs> when Garf or when uh, John's upstairs, uh, you know, sleeping or whatever, he gets onto his computer, writes uh, QAnon theories oh onto Reddit. He logs onto his Reddit mod account. Yeah. He goes on the 4chan. He goes on the 4chan. Are you guys saying that Garfield's an insurrectionist in the making? Yeah. Maybe. Wow. He's definitely he's definitely got some incel stuff going for him. I will say that. Oh, yeah. Um. Yeah. What Do you have any other notes there, Matt? Nope. Uh, what about you, Chris? No. All right. I'm going to try and make this as quick as possible. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, this note actually probably should not make too quick. Uh, let's just rip the bandaid off. Elephant in the room. Probably should be uh, talked about a little bit seriously. Uh, this is the first time we've watched film since the Bill Murray fallout. So that was kind of weird. Uh, I don't know. I haven't followed it very closely, so I don't actually know. Uh, we don't yeah, need to talk same. about that much. Uh, just, you know... Bill Murray's kind of fallen out of public favor, and he's done some pretty bad things, and he's uh, getting some repercussions for that. He's kind of Frank Langell at it right now. Sure. Isn't he, like, and, about to be an Ant-Man? Like, Yeah, that's a yeah. weird thing, right? It's like, they didn't cut him out of the movie, but, like, so I guess he's not, like, canceled-canceled, but, like, uh, it doesn't seem like he's going to be probably working much after that film. Oh. Uh, so we can leave it that. Right on. All right. Garfield's really half-assed about the fourth wall breaks. Yep. 
Uh, Film John is a beta cook compared to comics Chad. He would have been rejected by Liz multiple times at this point. (laughs) I figured Matt would like that one. Uh, Yeah, because like, you know, like this whole movie, he's just like, I, you know, I never asked Liz. It's like, come on, dude. In the comics, you were asking Liz out left and right. Like every time you're like, hey, why don't we go on a date? She's like, no, I don't like you. It's like, well, I'll see you next Tuesday. (laughs) Uh, Lady at the Vet has a monkey. Feel like we've probably talked about this before. It just struck me as odd this time around. <laughs> you can't you can't make a mid two thousands or early two thousands movie with live animals and not have a monkey in there. Agreed. Yeah. A monkey. <laughs> uh, you guys know what that's a reference to, right? I can't say I do. Oh, that's a reference to uh, the Super Mario Brothers movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> Bowser, played by Dennis Hopper, at one point, like, he sees a monkey, he's, like, so taken aback by it. He's like, a monkey! <laughs> I think I prefer it just being you saying, a monkey! <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Uh, no offense to Stephen Tobolowsky, who I love, and I've actually been listening to his podcast. Have you guys listened to the Tobolowsky Files? No. Uh, amazing podcast. Uh, definitely highly recommend it. Anyway, um, did they want Jeffrey Tambor to play the villain, do you guys think? You know, another bald, kind of, you know, charismatic guy. And it feels like they're kind of doing the same thing. Maybe. Uh, in this movie that they're doing with, like, rest development with, like, the twins. Mm-hmm. And, like, the one mm-hmm. is handsome yeah. and has hair and is, like, you know, well-liked. And the other's kind of, you know, curmudgy and, you know, standoffish and all that. Uh, <laughs> forgot I wrote this. I said, movies can be magic. <laughs> I guess imply that this movie is just so generic. It's just like whatever. Anywho, <laughs> movies. I like magic. The, I like the fact that you just wrote that note and you chuckle to yourself, and that's kind of just where it ends. No, uh, <laughs> no, it does. That's not where it ends, my friend. Oh. Uh, Odie is nursing his wound, and Garfield is all. I have a mental advantage on this guy. What an asshole. <laughs> uh, how does Arlene know about Odie? Like Arlene's never got introduced about uh, Odie. Like she was just kind of like. They told her. Knows about him. Did did Nermo tell her? Yeah. Okay, we'll leave it at that. Obvious USA Today product placement. Did they give it a good review? I meant to look that up. Never did. <laughs> uh, John's patriotic tissues. Did you guys notice this? I noticed this for the first time. His patriotic what? Tissues? Like Yeah, like when... Uh, oh, yeah, that was another note I wrote. That Garfield, uh, for like three minutes, just like, this is a musical now. I got a song to sing. Yeah. Uh... Yeah. Not even a good song. No. New Dog Stay of Mine. Anywho, but yeah, during that scene, he's like looking in on uh, John that he has like tissues with the American flag on it, like or on the oh. box at least. Hmm. I don't know what's going on there. Just early 2000s Americana pride, I guess. Maybe, yeah. Post 9-11. Tall, Dark, and Human's a weird line. Yeah. John loudly monologuing while Liz is in the other room was just kind of absurd. Like, he's just like, am I, like, I'm, you know, talking to a cat, he can't respond back. He's just like, right. can you imagine? I just like this, like, a sh- I wanted a shot of just Liz in the other, like, you know, six feet away. Yeah, hearing Just being what? like, should I tell her? Should I t-? And she's just, like, kind of nicely, like, <laughs> looking at, like, his computer and all that stuff. Like, should I tell right. her, Garfield? Should I tell her that I'm a fool? And just, like, okay, quietly. Okay, so... Real yep. quick, uh, USA Today did not give Garfield a positive review. Oh, get out of town! Really? <laughs> the um, well, they gave it a they gave it a five out of ten, um, or a whatever half of the main thing. Not even Bill Murray could save Garfield. Perhaps the comedian, so pitch perfect as a sardonic actor in Lost in Translation, got too deeply into the character. Hmm. You know, That's a weird review. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but Metacritic pulls weird log lines from reviews. 
Oh, take your word for it. It's just like the, it's just an excerpt from the review. Mm. Yeah. Anywho, Anywho. Uh, Odie has an alternative lifestyle. I thought that was kind of funny this time. Like where he's just like, oh, Odie seems to, like when he's watching Odie on the TV with the, the German lederhosen and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what a bombshell episode, the Happy Chapman Show or Kebley Cat or whatever the show is called. Can, can you imagine just being like one of the regular viewers of the show and he's just like, Oh, I'm not about cats anymore. I got a dog. Also, I'm going to New York City. <laughs> Goodbye, you fools. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, you that, don't, like, you're not expecting that at all, and you're just like, what in tarnation is going on? The Happy Chapman Hour, or whatever it's called, raises a whole lot of questions. But can you just imagine, like, sitting down to watch that, and then the episode comes on, and you're just like, goodness gracious. Uh... I feel like we've called a lot of attention to Happy Chapman's presidential seal, but we never talked about the royal crown that's also sitting in his office for no reason. Yeah. Uh, two of our movies says animal claiming police brutality. Kind of an odd thing there. Yeah. Uh, another weird thing. Garfield singing Sweet Low, Sweet Chariot. Right. Which is, uh, you can look that song up. Yeah. Uh, I will have to say a highly, a highly negligent train station operator coming off of, uh, the terror of 9-11, just breezily just keeping the door open and oh, yeah. all that happened. Uh, it's something I'd never noticed before, but I feel we should have called attention to a long time ago, is that, uh, at the end of the movie, or near the end of the film, when John punches, uh... Happy, Happy Chapman, yeah. Stephen Tobolowsky, he does the Groundhog's Day spin. Do you guys notice that? Like, you know, like the, the famous, like, you know, Ned, and like he does like the spin and falls over. I does that only again. seen Groundhog Day once. Oh. But. Well, it's like the, one of the more famous scenes in the Yeah, it's, it's, it's when he punches. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's funny, I guess. Yeah. The, I don't know. I mean, it's not really funny. It's just like yeah. he just does the same thing again. Nice. Anywho. Um... I also uh, noticed this time, and I won't call too much attention to it, but uh, when I was researching the film, I found out that Happy Chapman has a villain's wiki page. Yep. Uh, If you guys would indulge me for a few minutes, uh, I found some funny stuff in it. Okay. Do you guys want to guess his powers slash skills? No. (laughs) Persuasion? Uh, Close, but no. Uh, It's deception, trickery, manipulation... Cunning, Ooh. not cunning, cunning what? I don't know, just cunning. And shock collars. <laughs> Those are his powers slash skills. Do you want to guess his hobbies? Is it, is it actually phonetically spelled out as shock collars? No, I just, that's, yeah. that was an editorial yeah. choice on my Damn. part. <laughs> um, he, he also has several hobbies. Do you want to guess what those are? I'll just actually say them. Just say Using his shock collar on Odie to force in the dance. These are his hobbies. <laughs> It's a hobby. That's a hobby. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, is that it? Eating steak. Okay. That's a hobby. Steak. Over lasagna. That's right. Making it. Okay, this is also another one of his hobbies. Making it appear like Odie belongs to him. <laughs> uh, and then hobby. finally. Uh, oh, I forgot. There's also goals and crimes. Goals. Abduct Odie. Temporary succeeded, temporarily succeeded. Exploit him for dance shows so he can overshadow his brother Walter and prevent Garfield from rescuing Odie. Both failed. 
crimes, dog napping, animal cruelty, kidnapping, fraud, corruption, conspiracy, exploitation, blackmail, thief, and abuse. So I guess those are also his hobbies. Yeah. I wish they would have lumped goals and crimes into the same subhead. I think so too, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it seems like a missed opportunity. Uh, anyway, yeah, if you guys get the chance, I won't uh, dive into that too much more, but it's very funny to me that a character as banal and plain as Happy Chapman has his own Wikipedia page. Villains, yeah. Villains Wikipedia page. And that's all I have to say about Garfield the movie. Thank you for right. letting me say all my notes. Well, now that we got Garfield out of the way, we went to the cats. Now let's go to the dogs. Or a dog, at least. An animated <laughs> dog named Scooby-Doo. Woo. Woo. Woof. 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 I only had three notes about this movie uh, okay. this time around. Um, I said that the girl who throws the guy at the beginning of the movie remains one of my favorite characters. Are you what? tricking on me? Yeah. No. The, the, the girl, yeah, that girl who throws the guy at the beginning of the movie. Love her. Um, I want to leapfrog off of that note really quick. Yeah, the, yeah. Wi- the wire work in this movie is horrendous. <laughs> <laughs> It's so uh, bad. That was that guy's name is Brad, right? I think so. Because I wrote that he's also at Spookapalooza. I mm-hmm. noticed this time. So I guess he got over the whole thing. Yeah. Um, I still don't care for Voodoo Guy. Okay. Uh, he he's just fine. He doesn't really add or take anything away from the movie. I just don't care for him. Except for his purple is a fall color line. Yeah. Um, and then my last note is also the answer to my litmus test, which is I still like this movie, um, but I have a hard time giving it my full attention. Just with having seen it so many times, I tend to just zone out. It's a lot. Yeah. I had a similar reaction um, to this that I did to Master Disguise after a long time. Um, it was, I, I found it more charming than mm-hmm. I did after watching it once a month for a whole year. Yes, I have exactly. to agree with. Uh, yeah, I have to agree with Chris on this one. I, mm-hmm. I found this movie much more endearing this time than I did towards the end of season four. Mm-hmm. And it's funny that uh, we were watching this movie like just a couple of days after the blowback with Velma. Right. Yeah. Like the superior Scooby Doo product. Well, I mean, we were recording this when Scoob came out or hit HBO. Uh, Max or whatever, like whatever the, the rollout was. It's no, it true. went to VOD, right? It was before the movies would just go to VOD. Or to, um, uh, yeah, it was during COVID. It went I'm to VOD. Yeah. Pretty sh- did I not see it in theaters? No. We no, didn't. no one did. Okay. Or, actually, that's not true. They did actually give Scoob a like, belated theatrical release, but God knows I didn't go to see it in theaters. I can't... Hmm. I don't know why I saw I have... the trailer and stuff in theaters, maybe. Oh, maybe. I don't know. I don't care. Um... <laughs> Was that all your notes, Matt? Yeah, that's all I got. Um, I just got a couple. Um, I wrote, I guess I was pretty high when I wrote this. I said, this really is the natural evolution of what Scooby-Doo should be in live action. <laughs> I mean, I will say of the films, like uh, their adaptations of their properties, it's probably the closest adaptation, I guess, of all of these properties. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd say sure. I wouldn't disagree. Um... The monster reveal should have been at the restaurant. Yes, agreed. Instead of like in the forest. In the woods, yeah. I yeah. think we've talked about that, but yeah. I'm yeah. sure we have. I'm sure. I, oh, yeah, because it, was... it would have made much more sense for it to be revealed that absolutely, 
absolutely no, no such thing, thing as, as boom. monsters. Yeah. Yeah. And then like instead of Scooby-Doo, like seeing the monster in the window, like you just see his reaction or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the only other note I had is obviously we've talked about this multiple times. Um, uh, my evil best pal. Yes. Love that line. <laughs> it's, such a, it's such a good line. And I, I think I don't think that was ad lib because it sounds like something James Gunn would write. <laughs> but I also wouldn't be surprised if it was ad libbed. Fair enough. Uh, so I I told you guys this already off the air, but um, so most of the movies we watch for this season or rewatch for this episode are available on streaming mm-hmm. um, or purchase from Amazon, like I did, or purchase from Amazon. Yeah, uh, the only two that I didn't have on hand uh, were The Cat in the Hat and Scooby Doo. And I guess I could have just gone ahead and rented both of them, but I was like, mm-hmm. I gave these movies a good bit of money already. I've covered mm-hmm. them on this podcast multiple times. Uh, let's see if I can do that. And I didn't pirate either of these films. I, I want to preface that. But I kind of went through an unorthodox fashion to watch this film this time. And I was going to tell you guys about it. Uh, so I found a playlist for the film. Oh, God. Uh, composed of multiple clips from the film <laughs> from different people on YouTube. And like... Stitched you know, together the whole movie? Stitched together the whole movie. So that's how I watched the film this time around. Damn. Wow. Uh, and it worked uh, pretty seamlessly for the first, like, 35 minutes of the film. I was going to say, was <laughs> anything missing? Like, Oh, yeah. Like, in the second half, there were several scenes missing, which <laughs> became an even more complicated process because I had to use, like, get yarn oh, gosh. and, like, a different, like, different things to kind of figure out how to stitch the movie together. But, like, up until... Uh, Scooby goes into the woods like it was all on YouTube like in these kind of successive videos and it was you know I mean it probably messed up my algorithm something fierce <laughs> but uh, it was a kind of fun way to like watch this I I don't advocate to watch this movie that way ever but if so, you've seen this movie in the double digits and, and you know know it pre forwards and backwards as we do it's kind of a fun way to watch the movie instead of spend six dollars to buy it on Amazon yeah, because I'm cheap. <laughs> <laughs> I am I am not cheap, but I am cheap with my time. Wait. Yes, Wait. I am. So that's why I bought it on Amazon. Just uh, well, Wait, you, you, said, you, you said it would give Cat in the Hat and Scooby-Doo enough money as it is. Like You mean through all our sponsorship deals with... <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> I, saw, I saw both Ray those movies in theaters. I got the DVDs for them as a kid. You know, I, I, I'm pretty sure, you know, we, we paid for them to watch them in their successive seasons or respective seasons. I mean, uh, you know, I don't know. I just feel like I was like, Hey, you know, I've seen, I've, I've given this movie a decent bit of change over the years. You know, why not, uh, find a creative way to watch it. Why not make it incredibly difficult to access this whole movie? Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's what you said. Rather take the easy route. (laughs) I decided to make it way more complicated than it needed to be. Uh, so yeah, that's how I watched the film this time. Nice. Uh, I wrote, why, or, or, no, I'm sorry. What do Shaggy's farts smell like, you guys think? Uh, theorize with the group. Farts? Yeah. No, like, I when know. Sh- like, they smell like farts. I don't know. Like, what do you mean? No, like, like, like I mean, they, they, they're obviously pretty ranched, but, like, what do you think? They smell like hot dogs? Do you think they smell like like moldy underwear? Like, what do you guys think they smell like? I don't want to think about that. Yeah, Fair enough. <laughs> uh, let's, go, let's go on to a different note. <laughs> The, the one one of the moments for this movie that no matter how many times I see it, I think will always get a laugh out of me 
Uh, and I'm, I'm, I don't really care much for the fart scene in general or the burp fart scene. But something about Shaggy in the knight's costume mm-hmm. when he's it's like ricketing out of the metal yes. and then it just it's explodes. <laughs> it blows up, yeah. I yeah. love that. It's a genuinely it's, like that's a good <laughs> fart joke. Yeah. It's just so funny. And I just love the yeah. <laughs> like, the noise it makes is perfect. <laughs> the sound yeah. design on that fart sound is incredible. <laughs> I, I like, like how ch- it like channels out of him too, where he like his eyes are like going across like, oh no, like <laughs> <laughs> He like pre- <laughs> he prefaces it with like the oh god. <laughs> yeah. That has some real like you know like in Star Wars where they had to come up with all these creative ways to make the sound effects like mm-hmm. dra- dragging a, a box across the floor for this or whatever. Uh, that sounds like somebody put some serious effort into be like okay, what would a ma- what would a huge fart inside a suit of armor actually sound like? And they got really creative trying to replicate that. <laughs> they got the Mythbusters guys on there. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's an honor to be working on the Scooby Doo movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just had a quick question for you. Um, so when Fred is reading Fred on Fred on the plane, is he like disassociating, or is he just like really pleased with himself that he wrote it? Like he's like, oh, like, oh, that was a pretty good turn of phrase from yours truly. Both. He's definitely like patting himself on the back, yeah, and I, okay. I bet I bet you he's reading the book on the plane so that somebody walks up and be like, "Hey, excuse me, aren't you Fred?" <laughs> From Fred on Fred. From Fred on Fred. The many faces oh, of me. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. Right on. Uh, why the hell is that cat just out on the plane? I mean, why is I that mean that dog plane out on that plane? People are walking around with drinks but, and whatever. So. Yeah, but yeah. the dog's out loud on the plane. Like, why is the cat allowed to like, be like that? Wasn't this the pre-9-11 uh, That's Scooby-Doo? true, yeah. Before 9-11, I could have my cat out on the plane. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I and think they had to ruin it. Yeah. I think there's something pretty charming about Fred, like, doesn't really have a good reason to quit the mystery gang. Or the mystery team, I mean. He just kind of like, Maybe I quit. He would have been. Yeah, I quit. He missed his. He he's jealous that he wasn't the center of attention. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, no, I get it. Just that, like, like there's you know pretty legitimate reasons for why uh, Dafty yeah. and, yes. and Velma quit, and he's like, well, maybe I quit. Maybe I quit. Yeah, I, I do. I do. <laughs> I quit. yeah, I quit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's pretty good that they all came in, in different cars too. Like they kind of knew. Oh that yeah, was thank happen. goodness. Yeah, they planned ahead. That would have been awkward. Would, they, yeah. yeah, we were about to say at the same time. That would have yeah. been an awkward ride home. They all quit. All right, everybody, get back into the mystery machine. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, such a goofy awkward. car too. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, this is a forty-five minute ride back home. <laughs> Anybody hungry? Yeah. Um. Let's you see. You think Fred here. was thinking about his penis when Shaggy said that he's the big banana? Of course, yeah. That's why he makes that expression. Like, yeah. oh, oh, that's okay. what I thought too. <laughs> um, speaking of which, uh, I feel like the, I, 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 well, something I got used to when we watched the film several times, but I feel like this time around, since it's been a long time or not a long, a few years since we've seen the film, uh, Scrap saying Scrappy saying Scrote, like kind of really <laughs> took me aback this time. I was like, oh, geez, like that's kind of just weird. Like you don't have to Scrote for this job, Pally. Well, then yeah. Fred also says. Nerdy girls like you turn me on to, or whatever. Dorky yeah, yeah. chicks like you turn me Dorky on. Chicks, to. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. Ugh. Um, I will never get over Scooby staring into his own soul's eyes. He departs his body. It's <laughs> such like a weird, like image. Yeah, and kind I, of a, a deeply existential one too. Just the random 
you know, climactic moment of the film. It's still kind of incredible that they gave James Gunn the keys to this script. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we mentioned it before, but like him, you know, kind of getting carte blanche in some respects and also like being clearly restricted is makes for a fairly uneven film. Yeah. Uh, case in point, Scooby-Doo. All right. So the scene where Fred like turns and like Scooby and Shaggy are screaming. Scooby does like the face, you know, like where like uh, his hands are as like, you know, uh, on his his face and like he's screaming is that a reference to Edward Munch's like the feigning the scream you know what I'm mm, talking about like the, I don't the, think so is that a reference to Home Alone or is it just he's screaming I think it's just he's screaming uh, okay I don't think that the director of Scooby-Doo has that much R- Raja Gosnell Raja Gosnell has enough well, it wouldn't be being presumptuous I don't think he has that level of cultural finesse it wouldn't Let's be say. an episode of Ogre talking about Scooby-Doo if it didn't feature Chris Duncan on Raja Gosnell. <laughs> <laughs> but Raja Gosnell was the editor for Home Alone, right? I don't know, man. I, I thought he was. Because <laughs> he was an editor before he was a director. And I'm pretty sure one of the most famous films he edited was Home Alone. So I thought that was like maybe a nod, if not to the painting, to you know this famous movie he edited, Home Alone. Poor I do feel bad does. that I like, hate on Raja yeah. Gosnell literally every Why time. Why not both? Yeah. Anywho. Uh, why is the CG for Sarah Michelle Gellar's protoplasmic head better than everyone else's? Doesn't that make sense to me? She probably had it in her contract. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe I mean, she was Buffy at this point. Yeah. Maybe it had the most lines. In the, yeah. I don't know. Uh... So, uh, Scooby flicking Scrappy's nose is a callback to the plane scene. I didn't realize that. Oh, yeah. You know, like where he's like, you know, it's behavior module thing, yeah. whatever. And then, like, he does that to Scrappy, and then Scrappy mm-hmm. gets upset as well. I didn't realize, it didn't clock to me until this time. I was like, oh, it's a callback to that scene earlier in the movie. Magical. Uh, they should have kept Velma's song in the movie. I don't yeah. know why they cut it. Alcohol. Yeah. Uh, no, but it's not alcohol. That's what they, they say in the deleted scene. It's still an alcoholic reference. Yeah. Fair enough. So, like, the kids see this beloved character dancing around from the Dizzy Juice on a PG-rated kids movie. Mm-hmm. It's just awkward. Even though Dumbo did it, just saying. Yeah. Uh, does Scrappy call Scooby dog meat at one point in the climax? Dog meat? Yeah, he's like, get back here, dog meat. Probably. Um, maybe, yeah. Okay. Anywho. And then, uh, yeah, so we were kind of talking about this before. Uh, is this a good film? Is this a bad film? I feel like I, you guys are a little bit more positive, I guess, ultimately than me on the film. And I've kind of gone back and forth. But I had kind of a, a weird sort of cathartic moment yeah. watching this film. Uh, and this is going to get a little heavy, so I apologize. Ooh, ooh, okay. Because uh, I didn't tell you guys about this. But uh, so I watched this movie in chunks, as I mentioned, and mm-hmm. I didn't watch it all in one sitting. Uh, and I watched it on Thursday, and uh, so I was kind of doing double. Like, I was working downtown um, in the office for a little bit, and then I was going to work at the theater. So I had some downtime, and my boss let me stay at the theater. So I was like, oh, I'll finish Scooby-Doo by myself. Why not? Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if you heard about this, Matt. There was a shooting downtown. Oh, no, I didn't. Uh, and I was, like, a few feet away from it, and I was, like, watching this movie when it happened. And oh, I'm not geez. trying to, like, make light. Of that situation, like it's pretty sad, and like I'm totally fine to be sure. Right. But there was a thought that crossed my mind where I was like, "What if that was like it for me? 
Like, Jeez. what if that was like the last moment of my life? And I was like thinking like the last movie I would have seen was rewatching Scooby-Doo. And I was like kind of moderately like for a little moment, like kind of disappointed in myself. I was, <laughs> not, like, on, not only watching Scooby-Doo, but not not even watching it linearly. Yeah, like, like, watching it in clips on YouTube. But I just kind of like thought about that for a minute. And I was like kind of disappointed in myself. And I was sure. like, I guess it kind of just sums up like. I can't ever really love this movie. I love the casting. I love some of the creative choices. I'm a big fan of James Gunn, but I just don't think it really comes together. And I, that kind of really crystallized for me in that very, you know, potentially traumatic moment in my life while yeah, I was watching well, Scooby-Doo. Um, I'm glad you're okay. And uh, yeah. Definitely, yeah, yeah, me too. You know, yeah, uh, keep an eye on your... Keep it on your well-being um, and make sure, sure you're taking care of yourself if any anything kind of bubbles up in the next few weeks. Oh, like I said, I, I think I'll be totally fine. And I'm not, like I said, I'm not trying to like make light of that situation. No, I, I only use that as a catalyst to point out that it really crystallized my thoughts indirectly on the film Scooby-Doo. And life's weird like that, and that's yeah. what happens. And oh, that's yeah. why we have a podcast. That's beautiful. Sure. Not really beautiful. It's really sad. But it's <laughs> it's something. It's beautiful in a way. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, is that where you guys want to end? Scooby-Doo is kind of a dark note to end on. Hit, a, but... hit us with your Shrek 2 notes, and then let's talk about okay. the cat in the hat, baby. We're, we're approaching uh, two hours. All right, I, I do want to end on a light note, which is okay. Shaggy and Mary Jane's relationship, I think, is generally really cute. Nice. I was really touched by their relationship. So, end it on a light note. Goodbye, Scooby-Doo. Said my Bye. piece. Farewell. All right. Whew. All right, Shrek 2. Uh, did Shrek own Parcheesi or did Donkey bring it? Uh, uh, Shrek owned it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I wrote, damn, Shrek barely got any time at the swamp. Like, poor guy. Agreed. Like, uh, Lethal Arrow 4 poster when they're going into Far, Far Away. There's oh, a poster. That's fun. For a parody I- of Lethal Weapon 4. Oh, Lethal don't Arrow 4. I think I've ever seen that. I don't think well, I have either. It's there if you look for it. Okay. <laughs> Everyone is weirdly annoyed at Shrek for choking on the spoon. <laughs> like, I mean, he could have died, and everyone's just like, come on, Shrek, quit being rude. <laughs> at least he didn't <laughs> choke on a pizza cutter. Amen. Yeah. Uh, I do really appreciate the sitcom logic of Shrek poorly putting on the elf costume walking through the factory, the Keebler factory. Yeah. yeah. Where he's just like only covering his face and just yeah. like. <laughs> Hardly working, okay. or what was it? Like, yeah. Working hard, hardly working. Yeah, right, work. buddy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, <laughs> it took me a minute to process this note, but I get it now. Uh, when Shrek and Puss and uh, Donkey are riding in the town, and they see, like, the guys who originally, like, had the pitchforks and stuff, mm-hmm. and then, like, they're, like, smiling and waving, uh, the one guy knows, like, gives him, like, a thumbs up. And I just think it's really funny, this guy, like, from his perspective, he's just like, oh, man, a guy on a horse with a cat. Thumbs up. Good for you, guy. Like, he, I don't even think he knows that Shrek in human form is just like, right. good on you for having a cat and a horse. <laughs> uh, Captain Hook deserves more credit for being such a good piano player. And being both Nick Cave and Tom Waits. True. Mm-hmm. A uh, giant Farbucks cup falls on the trash can. Didn't really clock that until now. Okay, that's good. Uh, not unsizable portion of these films are characters saying each other's names. Mm-hmm. Kind of noticed at this time, just like Shrek, Puss in Boots, and obviously the montage of the dinner scene. Yeah. Uh, Kyle's on the piano during the Live in the Via Loca scene. I didn't notice that really until now. 
And uh, I was just going to say that one thing I really noticed this time that I feel like cemented why I prefer Shrek 1 over Shrek 2 is that Fiona is a much lesser character in this movie than she is in Shrek 1. She's much more self-dependent. She's smarter. She's kind of, you know, more resilient. And I feel like in this movie, she kind of gets overshadowed by the Shrek puss and boots and donkey stuff. Yeah. And she's yeah. given a little less agency. And I have to assume, I don't want to, you know, give credit where it may or may not be due, but I have to assume it's because, you know, like there was, uh, you know, a woman director, Vicki Jensen, right? For the first mm. movie. Yeah. And I feel like she's probably a little bit more astute and probably able to flesh out Fiona to be a little bit more, you know, progressive as character. And I feel like this time, you know, not to cast blame, but we got three dudes directing as opposed mm-hmm. to, you know, any women. And I feel like that might have been a reason why Fiona was uh, shortchanged this time around. Yeah. Yeah, the plot kind of drags her along. Mm -hmm. So? Part of what, Matt? I I said that's probably at least part of it, if not. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. That's it. Okay. For for Shrek 2. Let's get to Cat in the Hat. I think we'd be remiss. (laughs) I was going to say, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't let Chris start this off. Agreed. It's uh, such such. It's it's funny that my my love for this movie just started from me wanting to give my friend a bad time by right. making him watch it, <laughs> and then it turned into a this incredible podcast uh, situation we have going on here. Um, it, yeah, it's just it's still like when that movie starts up, I'm just like, oh yeah, it just it, it just hits. <laughs> I don't I don't know. Oh yeah. <laughs> I oh, found yeah. it. I found it to remain the most watchable of the six. Like I, I wasn't bored. I was interested. I was happy to revisit it. It, it, it holds up. I think. I mean, should we just kind of address the two sort of elephants in the room with this movie, with this viewing? That Academy Award winning uh, DP Emmanuel Lebeski was on this. Sure. Movie? I mean, that's a. Mo- I mean, that's it's not really an elephant in the room, but I mean, well. Uh, I mean, obviously, the, the sad one, or, and they're both kind of sad, but like Alec the, Baldwin. Well, yeah, was, well, that's the other one. But I was gonna say, well, Kelly Preston has passed since right, we've, uh, right. you know, covered the the film. We gave a little like memorial, but this is like the first time all of us, I'm pretty sure, has watched the. Well, maybe not Chris, but like at least Matt and I. Yeah. The first time we watched it since Kelly Preston's passed, and it was kind of a bittersweet experience yeah. for me. I yeah. can't speak for Matt, but I feel that's probably the same for you. Yep. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It was just it was like you know. It's such I, I really have to commend her because like that character is pretty, you know, two dimensional. She makes just the most kinda, of it, yeah. Yeah, she really makes the most of it. I mean, takes character is really just an object of lust and you know condescension and really you know brings a lot of bubbly personality, some unsuspecting wit at certain times uh, to that character and that performance. And I think I took uh, more notice and appreciation for it this time around. But yes, as Chris mentioned. Uh, in the time since we covered this film and now, Alec Baldwin has killed a woman, which, you know, we kind of have to, like, acknowledge. I mean, it was involuntary, but, you know, it happened. I mean, I, I don't know, like, maybe I'm, I didn't say that as delicately as I could. I apologize, but... Uh, I mean, yeah, you, you know... you it like he, like, delivered... Like, it was involuntary It was involuntary, it was involu- but, like, yeah. he said Alec Baldwin killed a woman. Murder I mean, Alex did, I mean, Baldwin. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's, uh, you know, he, you know, right. unintentionally, that, but it, that a woman's whole, life has been, you know, taken. Yeah, that, 
that whole thing is a mess. Um, it is. It's very it's, tragic. Uh, I'm not trying to make light of that situation. To be his to wife be was doing like a fake Spanish accent to reporters today or something like that. Yes, I, I saw know. that. It's yeah. all kinds of stuff. Just like it, it, it really is a shame because I love Alec Baldwin. Yeah. Thirty Rock is one of my favorite shows. Uh, obviously, Catton has one of my favorite movies. Um, but yeah, it's just like I, I really hate to see how things have gone from uh, from that. But uh, with that being said. Um, Whatever notes you guys might have, I probably already <laughs> know about them. Uh, but one of my one of my favorite things, uh, just actually, I can't even say one of my favorite things. Just like this, the whole vibe of this movie is like everything looks the same, and it's like, and obviously you know about my conspiracy theory with it's all a post-apocalyptic utopia and cat mm-hmm. head is a chaos god or whatever, um, and just other little things like when. Uh, they're sitting against the mailbox and the cat's talking to them. Everybody that walks past turns and looks at them as they're walking past. Yeah, that like, weird. Yeah. It's so many strange little things in this movie. Like, it's such a bizarre Especially, little... Mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I mean, it's even weirder because no one acknowledges the, the car crash. It happens, like, only moments before. Right. Yeah. So it's like this weird thing where, like, everyone just kind of goes about their day almost as if they're in simulation when a cat driving a weird manic car thing crashes in the middle of the street and hits the you know whatever the the water post uh two kids are potentially harmed no one takes knowledge or you know uh recognize that but yeah when two kids are just kind of sitting by themselves in front of the mailbox and the cat presumably is making himself invisible or not Maybe. I, don't I don't know i don't know that's the thing is like there's there is endless possibility to analyze this movie and pull what what you may from it uh and I think that's just kind of, that's that's one of the many things that makes it so incredible for me is just like it took me maybe like a day to put together an entire lore for this movie's world. And it's just because there's so much opportunity to just go nuts in trying to pick it apart. Yeah, I mean, I made this my box review and I, I wrote down my notes. I just kind of wrote plainly. They don't make them like this anymore. Mm <laughs> Uh, you know, I, for better or for worse, there's no, they, they, you don't get a movie like The Cat in the Hat in 2023. Nope. No. I'm, I'm so disappointed that Dr. Seuss's widow hated this so much that she's like, you're not making any more live action Dr. Seuss movies. Yeah, yeah your Dr. Seuss rights have been revoked. Imagine, imagine The Cat in the Hat comes back. Oh my God, I can't action. stop imagining it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I still think that the Mike Myers Cat in the Hat mis- uh, makeup is terrible. It just looks like his face is poking out of a hole in a cutout or something. Um, but that's, you know, and there are outdated things. I still think it's funny, but it's not necessarily appropriate when he comes out with mom's dress. He's like, look, I'm a girl. <laughs> and it's just like, and it's written by the guys that wrote Seinfeld. It's right. just like, this movie is such an oddity. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I think we've said it before. If not, I'll say it, or you know, I'll say it again. If we have said it, um, this might be as close as we'll get. And this isn't an original thought. Other people have speculated on this, but this might be as close as we could possibly get to pure Dadaism in the American <laughs> studio system in a post nine eleven world. Like, I mean, it's just this weird confluence of like, you know, 
uh, an actor's like unchecked ego at this point. Mike Myers coming off of Austin Powers in the first Shrek film. Uh, you know, like he's just kind of doing his shit. Clearly has contempt for the project because he was, you know, contractually and uh, court-based uh, forced to do his film. So he's just kind of like spiteful about the whole project. There's this weird sort of, uh, you know, love and hate for the property that keeps going on. Like they're trying to honor the manic spirit of it, but they're also kind of like constantly like undermining the property and like making fun of it and like making fun of the tropes and the expectations of a family film from the early 2000s. But there's, yeah, it's also like not too far from like the structure of a normal kids film too it's not like pure absurdism it's not like daisies or something but it's yeah it's just like this very odd influence of ideas like you said chris like it has you know emmy winning writers or at least future emmy winning writers involved the clearly talented people uh working on the script you have bill welch an incredibly accomplished uh production designer not a very accomplished director uh, but you have Emmanuel Lubezki shooting the hell out of this movie. Yeah, I was gonna say Bo, Bo Welch fucking took a swing with this movie. Yeah, I mean, but do you think that's more like he just kind of let it go manic, or do you think he actually like had a lot of creative influence in the film? I think that he. I would like to think that he kind of got his sea legs as a director, and then as production of the movie went on, he got more confident, and the movie the movie's final vision is, is, is his. Okay. You're a lot more optimistic than me. I feel it's total opposite. Like, I think he was very confident about the look of the film and like setting up these incredible sets and like replicating the look and feel of the book. But then like, you know, he had this egomaniac actor involved and he was like working with young children and, you know, it's like kind of the project kind of escaped Tim as it went along. And I feel like he's kind of, I imagine he's kind of throwing his hands up like, I don't know, just, work with it we'll kind of see what we can fix in post and that's kind of why this movie is what it is and god bless it for that sure Mm -hmm. what do you have to say about this net um i again only had a couple notes um one of them is so far i've stood by every aspect of this movie but i still cannot forgive larry's glasses uh they're weird oh yeah. He like wears them in one shot and they just very dumb looking. They don't fit with anything else in the movie. Um But it's kind of like isn't he he's probably wearing them to look smarter. Yeah. Because he's a loser. Yeah, that's that's how I took it. Um it's twenty twenty three and I'm still impressed at how well the fish animation holds up. Yeah. I mean that one shot during the fun song where it like kinda like spins and he's like yeah. spinning Spits the water out. out. Yeah. It like looks great. Yeah. No, the cat. Or the, the fish. Somehow they animated it really, really well in two thousand three or four, whatever year this came out. I don't know. Final note on the cat in the hat. The thing, thing. Um, I love the cat dance. I still love the cat dancing while the things ruin the house in like the dollhouse shot. How he's just standing there dancing. I oh just, yeah, I love that. Great shot. Every time. Manny yeah. Obeski shot the heck <laughs> out of this movie. Sure I mean, did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And I still like this one. I mean, like I said, it's a captivating film. Yep. You can't take your eyes off of it. Nope. You know. Like you said, they uh, don't make them like this. Uh, yep. Uh, nope. Uh, nope. Nope. <laughs> yep. And then it's just every time I watch it, it's just it's just such a comforting experience, which is hilarious because it's such a chaotic film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, I was going to say, uh, I watched this movie not intentionally, but I feel fittingly on... David Lynch's birthday 
Okay. <laughs> so like a true unintentional honor to him, especially because like that one. I I watched a lot of David Lynch films last year, uh, and like that shot when like just before they meet the cat, where it's like this weird kind of like long shot of Conrad walking into the closet. Uh, you know what I'm talking about before like they turn the light on and stuff. Yeah. It looks like something out of like the the rabbit portion of uh, Inland Empire. Uh, a, a film I, I know I mentioned on the podcast before and I know you two haven't seen, but uh, yeah, I don't know, it just was like this weird kind of disconcerting shot, which I guess is fitting because it's like kind of supposed to be a little creepy in that moment, but it just really took me aback this time. It also has some of the funniest deleted scenes I've ever seen for a movie. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, I forgot about they're, this. They're trying to slow down mom and you see one of the things is uh, like yeah, the drinking all the finishing a bottle of water and then he throws it onto like this massive pile and then he's just pees and it creates this this tsunami of, of urine that stops the mom from getting to the house. It's insane. Or when the cat's pretending to be um, a rug and all yeah. the kids with the ice skates are stomping on him. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, come on, man. Yeah. Oh, man. I love it. Well. That's all uh, I've got. Yeah. I mean, I'll just say real quick. Uh, I wrote Conrad's short game. I really took short notice of his, his jorts. Oh, yeah, the jorts. Oh, jorts. Yeah. yeah. Man, I wish uh, we would have got Spencer Breslin on the podcast. Oh, yeah, I guess we've, yeah, I mean, we've talked about it before, but, you know. I still, think uh, it, I still think it's partially my fault because we invited him on and he responded. And then, like, for the next two or three episodes, I'm like, man, that guy sucks. Uh, <laughs> Spent, you uh, know, Conrad uh, is horrible and Spencer Breslin sucks or whatever. And then he never responded. I mean, he seems like a lovely guy. I mean, yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not uh, gonna talk ill of him. And he's, I guess, my friend. I don't know. Does, I mean, do mutual counts I, as friends? Sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, I full, dis- uh, full discrepancy or whatever. Uh, I seriously debated surprising you guys with like a message from Spencer Breslin. Like, I mm-hmm. thought about like, what if I just like came out right now? as like. Hey, I got a friend here who wants to say something. It's like, what up, oh, guys? <laughs> and I thought Is about he like on I was cameo like, or something. I don't know. I didn't even look that up. Oh, okay. uh, that would have been a good idea, but um, no, I just was like, maybe I should just reach out to him for old time's sake. And if he, mm. you know, blocks me, that's the case. But I was like, you know what? This guy seems to be kind of living his life and being happy. I think he's like a bartender now in New York or something. I'm just gonna let this guy be. If he ever <laughs> wants to talk to us, he knows how to find me. Yep. Uh, you know, if he's listening, I hope he's doing well. I really do. Yeah, yeah. and you know, I I did obviously give him a lot of a lot of heck on on the season, but ultimately, I like spe- a lot of heck. Yeah. Um, I like Spencer Breslin. I think you know, as much as I give gave him grief as as Conrad, it's it's a fun it's a fun performance. He's a fun character, and he really he really went for it. Yeah, I do appreciate that. Like the code. Uh, Dakota Fanning is like giving this like very like you could tell like she's an actress and yes. like she's oh, giving yeah. like a really real performance and like Spencer Breslin is just like hey what's going on here we got yeah. a cat <laughs> <laughs> um what was I get okay uh, okay last notes for me why did Conrad pull the popcorn seeds out from the fridge pull the what now so like before when he's like building like his suit of armor and like in the kitchen with all the various mm-hmm. foods and he like you know stuffs the bread in his pants and all that like when he goes to make the popcorn he pulls the seeds out from the fridge huh. the seeds yeah like the popcorn seeds like the they're kernels? from the fridge the kernels? I, I, i've never noticed that 
I don't know. It's just thought it was weird. I didn't notice it until Are you talking about the, the popcorn kernels? Yeah, like the seeds, like the the make the popcorn. I've never heard of popcorn kernels referred to as seeds. <laughs> kernels, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'm like popcorn seeds. Um, Whatever. I don't know. Why does he pull out a whole ass drawer of utensils and dump it on the ground <laughs> to dig for stuff? Because he's a he's an uh, agent of chaos. He's a bad he's an kid. agent of chaos. Yeah. Um, and then uh oh yeah I I I also paid notice to the fact that Conrad is driving Larry's car and like no one really like makes any note of it and there's like no real reason why he's just driving the car back home. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure we talked about that before. Uh, and I feel like. The climax of this film, like, where we see, you know, like this, like, uh, you know, like, other world, and it's, like, CG and green screen and stuff for a lot of it. I feel like that was probably more jarring at the time, but, like, now it's just, like, the how every blockbuster ends. Yeah, I guess mm-hmm. that's true. So, it's, like, this is, like, not that different from what I'm sure Quantumania is going to be, so. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Go. All right. Cat in the hat uh, walked so Quantumania could run. There you go. <laughs> I'll let uh, Chris say his piece. And end us on the cat in the hat. I pretty much said everything I needed to say. The the poster is hanging proudly on my wall. That was one of the first purchases that I made after my house burned down and I lost mm-hmm. the poster. I was like, okay, things to replace. <laughs> my computer, I mean, my bed, yeah. but first my cat in the hat poster. A home isn't truly a home until you have the cat in the hat poster. No, nope. Right. And it's somebody else's home, too, originally, because it's kind of wrinkled. It was definitely used, which is fine. <laughs> Home Whatever. is where the cat in the hat poster is. Yeah, maybe somebody died and they the poster oh, got sh- put on eBay or something. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. I'd like uh, to think that they liked cat in the hat as much as I do. Yeah. Because why is why is Alec Baldwin credited as Quinn in this movie? I forgot to mess that before. What? In the end credits, he's not credited as Lawrence, he's credited as Quinn. What's his last name? I know, but just weird. Like, why not just call him Lawrence? Lawrence know. Quinn or whatever. Because uh, whatever. if you, because then the the Larry slash Lawrence uh, crowds that are. Uh, oh yeah, the, in, the 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 feud that would burn yeah. between the people exactly. who insist that he's Larry and the few people who are like, no, he he goes by Lawrence. Yeah, it escalated. There was violence, so they just yeah. went with Quinn. The they didn't want to start the civil war. Exactly. Well, in that respect, I uh, understand. They're like the Cat in the Hat movie has caused enough violence as is. <laughs> Yeah, it's already an age of chaos as it is. Uh, All right, guys. Let's determine who the winner of the podcast is. The winner? The winner. How do you win a podcast? Well, I mean, which movie? Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, we've we've covered six films now. Which one won? I'd say all of them. Hmm. I don't think you can have a six-way tie. Well, I think you can have a six-way tie if they all win at the same time. Yeah. Well, you know what? Time for sudden death. Boom, boom, boom. Boom, 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 boom. boom. All right. Yeah, so uh, the cat's out of the bag to use uh, what's the line from the, the cat? The, the, cat's hat? Out, the cat's out of the hat. No, no, the line is like, well, the cat's out of the bag to use a cruel and archaic metaphor. Mm-hmm. Whatever the line is. Anyway, we should know it, but we don't. Anyway, um, yeah, so I came up with a weird idea that uh, I think Matt was initially a little hesitant on. Only because I've done it it before with different movies. Sure. I stole it from Red Letter Media, but I thought, you know, when we were getting ready to do this episode, uh, I was like, hey, did you guys just want to do each successive film like back to back to back to back to back? Or did you want to watch them all together? And you're like, what are you talking about? I was like, well, what if we just like put them all 
together and watch them like at the same time and kind of get like this like over sensory experience. And you were like, well, we could maybe do that for another one. And I think you or I were just like, what if we just did both? Why not both? So, yeah. yeah, we watched all the films back to back to back to back to back. I was, but I was like, I, ultimately, I was up for it because it felt right to do a gimmick of some kind for this final right. episode. Go out with a bang. Yeah. So in addition to rewatching every single film on its own in different orders, and we didn't really specify Chris's order of watching these films. Uh, so we, we mentioned that you did Master of Disguise first, but ultimately your order of movies was not too different from mine, I guess. Yeah, it was Master Disguise, uh, Scooby-Doo, Garfield, uh, Shrek 2, and then Shrek and Cat in the Hat, I think. Okay, so a little bit more different than I anticipated, which is fun. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, so Matt was kind enough and talented enough (laughs) to put all these movies into one file and playing at the exact same time for us to watch in one sitting all together. He scoffs, but uh, Matt yeah. is, uh, let's just say, after after six years, uh, really a remarkable editor, really talented. Oh. All the, the, thing, mm. the things you. that you've done, putting it together, and just the, the clever ways you've integrated things, and then obviously the backwards movies, and then now this this six, monstrosity, this yeah. six, six pack of movies at the same time. Um, this was just, torture. Uh, um, the, <laughs> I don't know about you, but I feel like if someone was forced to watch this, it could be just as bad as being waterboarded in a glass of milk. I mean, uh, bring on the milk is what I say. <laughs> yeah. Chris because loved it. I loved it. <laughs> I was closer to Chris than Matt, I guess. I didn't like dislike. I, it was just like, what is this? Like, you can't even, what do you call It's six movies playing at once. And I leveled out the audio. <laughs> So that they would all be roughly the same volume, so and it worked really well. Like thank we were, you. We were talking before the before we started <laughs> recording. Will and I is like you could you could easily pick uh, jump into a movie any of out them. of the jump, yeah, and, and, <laughs> and, and isolate it pretty easily. It's not like everything's screaming at you at the same time, um, but at the same time, it, it, on, on the other hand, or whatever. Uh, I fired yeah. up. I was like, all right, all six movies at the same time. This is going to be interesting. And then like ten seconds in, I'm like. Jesus Christ. Yeah. This yeah. is chaos. <laughs> um, yeah, so it seems like you guys, I didn't really take a lot of notes from this experience. I just kind of wanted I to experience did. it. <laughs> okay, so fair enough. I mean, I spoke way too much already, so I want you guys to kind of say your piece and then, or I can just kind of say my notes real quick and then sure, move whatever, on. Yeah, whatever you want to uh, do. Okay. Um, I thought it was really funny that uh, Pistachio in the master disguise is like doing his Shrek and donkey impression just While when Shrek meeting. and donkey are talking. Yeah. I had so the like same, yeah. when Shrek, when he does his Shrek impression, Shrek is speaking. And then when donkey does a donkey impression, donkey starts speaking. I was like, I'm sure that was not at all intentional, but that's really fun when you watch them all together. No, yeah. it was intentional for all the people um, who do this. People that made master disguise, yeah. they want like, let's line up the impressions with the part in Shrek when they do the yeah. talking. Right. The dozens upon dozens of people that watch these movies back to back. Uh, or at the same time, I mean. Um, I think it's really funny that, like, Papa is eating at the same time the dinner scene is happening in Shrek 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also thought it was really funny that Cat cuts his tail off just when Donkey's, like, tail's both on fire. And then later, he's, like, <laughs> holding the tail and, like, messing with when uh, Shrek is holding on to Dragon's tail and, like, flying around. Well, you uh, got, and you got two guys holding up squirrels at the same time hmm. in Shrek and Shrek 2. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I also thought it was really f- fun coincidence that uh, Donkey, uh, during the scene when he's finding the blue flower and red forns, he's like, hold on, Shrek, I'm coming. And then immediately thereafter, you heard Fred and Scooby-Doo being like, I'm coming, good looking. <laughs> it was like, a, like the next second, it was like amazing that they just kind of followed each other uh, one by one. Um, and also that Scooby is like let out of his cage just when Garfield is let out of his cage mm-hmm. in uh, the pound scene. Nice. This is like weird kind of like... Uh, I know, noticed, kind of- I because I obviously you're kind of bouncing around to the different movies, I definitely noticed I watched Garfield least because it's the least visually interesting of any of the movies. Interesting. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, I actually watched Shrek 2 the least of these. I, the, since those two are on the right, I was kind of ignoring the both of them, I feel like. I was definitely drawn the most to the cat in the hat and the master disguise. Yep. I mean, being right in the middle, I feel like helps, but yeah. yeah. The Scooby-Doo yeah, audio mean, would pull me in occasionally. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll talk about that more in a little bit, I guess, because I want to hear your notes first, but, like, I feel like I was, like, when I started this, I'm like, the movie I'm probably going to be watching at least is Garfield, Yeah. but, like, Garfield kind of drew me in more than I anticipated, but I agree <laughs> with you that, like, I feel like it was mostly, like, between... Uh, the Cat in the Hat and Master Disguise, like they're, they're the ones that are like the busiest films. You, you had them in the center frame, and also mm-hmm. just like, like they're just always constantly stuff happening in both films. There is kind of so a symmetry to the six movies that we picked, you know. Yeah, the Cat they're in the all... Hat and Master Disguise both have this chaotic like mm-hmm. energy. Sorry, sorry, what were you gonna say? I mean, they're all. I mean, more or less visually distinct. Mm-hmm. Like it, they like it didn't feel like any of them were like kind of muddying the frame. Mm-mm. Like it, it, they're all kind of like visually kind of popping in different ways. So, except Garfield, uh, I don't know. I mean, even that, like the orange, like compared to like all the green, mm-hmm. kind of really stood out to me. Like the like green color palette for Scooby Doo. Obviously, there's a lot of green in Shrek and one and two, and then there's like, you know, it's like that, and then like the green that constantly pops up in Master in Disguise, and then you get like the red, white, and blue. Uh, that's constantly popping in um, mm-hmm. Cat in the Hat. I don't know. I mean, it, it did make it more visually ple- pleasing than I, I guess, uh, anticipated going into this. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Uh, enough about me. Well, I want to hear you guys' thoughts. Um, the opening logos made me realize that the only major studios that we didn't do any movies from were Disney and Paramount. Okay. Uh I also thought it was pretty funny how shortly after, like, pretty much right after Velma says, I quit, Walking on Sunshine started playing from Master <laughs> of Disguise. Um, I did love that there's, um, at one point, there were, like, four different musical numbers happening. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I was, let, that that was on my go, notes. My, yeah, my next note is five of the six movies go into a musical number roughly 20 minutes in. Yeah. The only one that doesn't is Scooby-Doo. Um... And uh, also the Proclaimers song playing over the couch jumping scene made me laugh. Um, New dog state of mind is ruining the cupcake scene. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, good. It's the cupcake scene. But then I have Garfield singing over it. It just was like, this sucks. Yeah. I noticed (laughs) that with the farting scene for Scooby-Doo, it like kind of weirdly gets drowned out because there's like a lot of different stuff happening in like all the other five (laughs) movies. Like, I thought that was going to take my attention more, but I was just like, there's just so much going on mm-hmm. at this time that I was trying to remember what else was going on at that point. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I forget. Uh, changes the song plays from Shrek 2 while the cat's box is messing up Mrs. Kwan. And I thought that was kind of <laughs> funny. 
Uh, and then my final note is just that Hallelujah playing while Mongo is being introduced is something I didn't know that I needed. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. Uh, oh, I forgot to mention that, like, the opening studio thing. It reminds me of one of my favorite YouTube videos that I always share to you, which is all studios everything. Oh, I love Kinda that video. Yeah, yeah. classic. Uh, you guys can look that up if you want, but it just when I saw all six yep. studio logos come at the same time, I was like, "Oh, like this, but in real life, in yep. real time." Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, those are my notes, Chris. All right. I, my notes are not dissimilar to yours. Um, I noticed all those things uh, again as as a connoisseur of chaos, um, as it were. <laughs> um, I absolutely loved all six movies playing at the same time. It's just, <laughs> it's just insane. And, and I was thinking the real chaos version would be this backwards. <laughs> Oh, no. All six backwards? All six oh, backwards. Man. Jesus. <laughs> um, yeah, That's... no doubt. Uh, but just, like, I loved, like, the ones you mentioned, I loved how things kind of lined up, like, the mm-hmm. different musical numbers at the same time. Yep. Um, or just, like, at a certain point, all six movies had at least one person screaming. Yes. Um, it's just, like, it's it's a fever dream. It is. It is. It hurt my brain. Yeah. <laughs> like, I actually had to take a break halfway through for like 10 <laughs> minutes. Just took a break to like scroll on Instagram and experience one thing at a time before <laughs> yeah. I could go back to six. Exactly. I mean, the funny thing about this is that like I feel it's not too dissimilar from like what a lot of TikToks are now. Apparently, I'm not on TikTok, but the like, I'll see like ones. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's just like like there's like one that's going around on Twitter where it's like a weird like serious scene. Oh, I didn't see that one. Oh, okay. uh, but there's like one where it's like a weird, serious moment from Family Guy with Quagmire, and like there's like a, a video game like tutorial happening yeah. at the same time, and then there's also like a dancing video happening in like the the bottom right corner of the frame. It's just like it's kind of like that, but like with six movies happening at the same time. I mean, <laughs> maybe I'm, I'm partially conditioned to it because I'll play Fortnite, but also have a YouTube video going at the same time on yeah, the other yeah. monitor or whatever. But like. Having six movies with linear plots all playing at the same time that I've each seen 12 or more times. I think that helps. <laughs> <laughs> I think it does because, like, you kn- you know the plot of every movie, so you can, like, pick and choose. And then, yeah. like, you knew a certain moment is coming and you're like, oh, crap, that's going to line up with this thing or whatever. Right. Um, <laughs> so there's that anticipation. Then when it happens, you kind of get this, like, really satisfying synergy of of the movies lining up like that. Um but it's also like with the movies so closely lined up in terms of like pacing and, and act structure, like that mm-hmm. kind of just like, that's a, that's a, that's a, it's the formula works, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. I, I shan't be deleting that from my hard drive anytime soon. Good. I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had to watch it on my um, roommate's computer and I was like, yeah, you can like delete that. If you want, he's like, oh, no, I'm going to keep that. And then just whenever I get high, I'm just going to watch that. I was like, all right. Have yes, fun with that. that. This, this, is, this is very, this is primo marijuana material. <laughs> all yeah. right. Uh, you guys have any other notes about the all experience or the It's Ogre experience? No. All right. Mm. Yeah, I'm kind of ready to wrap this up. Not that I want the podcast to end, but we've been recording for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't... Uh, I mean, we kind of uh, talked about this before we recorded, but we all kind of individually picked which film took our attention the most. Mm -hmm. And we were going to reveal live on air which movie 
in our view, like ultimately won, which we designated as like after all this time watching all these movies over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, which after all this time while we're watching literally all of them at the same time <laughs> took our attention the most. And to be fair, this is harder than I anticipated. Like I thought there would be like one clear winner. Not at but, like, all. I don't know. I feel like my attention while I was watching them were pretty evenly divided throughout. Yeah, agreed. Uh, but I mean, I think there is like still like a, a quote unquote winner as it were. But we didn't decide. Uh, oh, Chris kind of hinted at what his was, but we didn't, you know, reveal yet. So if uh, two of the three of us pick or at least two of the three of us pick the same film, that's the winner of the podcast. So, uh, Chris, since you already kind of teased yours, why don't you go ahead and start? Which what your pick was? Uh, did I say cat in a hat? I mean, I kind of figured you would. Yeah. Are you sure it was Chris and not me? Because I kind of teased that earlier. It might have been both of you, but remember, you guys yeah. can go ahead. Yeah. Well, Chris. Cat in the hat. <laughs> yeah, cat in the hat. <laughs> I mean, it's already kind of won by default, but I was also going to pick the cat in the hat. Well, look at that. Like, Unanimous. It's beautiful. I mean, it, it was a little contentious because it ends fairly early. Yeah. yeah. Um, It's not the last. It's not the first one to end. Like, technically... Garfield, like the credits start, we mentioned this, but I think, but like yeah. the credits for Master, Master of Disguise start, start first, mm-hmm. but Garfield ends first. Go, yeah, the entirety of Garfield's credits happen within the Master of Disguise. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, it, yeah. It's, I think what cemented it for me for Cat in the Hat is when the kids first meet the cat and he first shows up and they start screaming and and running away and you're like oh my god what's going on and it's like everything else is happening in the other five movies but then yeah. all the uh, Spencer and and or um, Conrad, Conrad and Sally, Conrad and yeah, Sally, and Sally yeah. are screaming and running away from the cat it, like, that's kind of like where it was like okay yeah that, I that's mean, where everything clicked mm-hmm. I mean I will say like the first tw- uh, like first 15 minutes or so of the cat in the hat didn't really grab my attention as much as I thought right. so initially I was like oh man like maybe like the Masters guy is gonna win like maybe like Shrek one's gonna win, but as soon as a cat gets in, it's just like your your attention is just instantly, at least for me, darted on yeah. the cat in the hat, and it doesn't really escape all that much. Agreed. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I will say, I mean, the one thing I was to the cat in the hat's disadvantage was that it does not have very inventive credits compared yeah. to Shrek, or sorry, not Shrek, uh, the Master of Disguise and Garfield. Right. So that was hurting a little bit, and I was like, yeah, maybe it's actually. Okay, go the other ones, but I just kept thinking back and was like, which movie is like that I feel like I watched the most when I was mm-hmm. watching these films, and it was pretty often, more often than not, at least uh, the Cat in the Hat, and I probably would still watch it again because I don't know where I exactly land on it. So, by uh, you know a unanimous decision, yeah, I would say winner- that like if if I had to pick one, of, if if you like held a gun to my head and said you have to watch one of these six movies again tomorrow, Cat in the Hat, easy. I mean, I'd probably pick Shrek if I wanted, like, a good film, but it's, like, one film that, like, I still am going to be, like, enraptured by this film. Like, I feel like I'm not going to get, like, a lesser experience from this. Yeah. It's got to be the cat in the hat. Yeah, I agree. Shrek is still a great movie, I want to clarify, but, yeah, it's it's the cat in the hat. Well, there you have it. Uh, the winner of the podcast <laughs> is the cat, the cat in the hat. Winner and of an Ogre. Yeah, the Shrek and, theme uh, podcast. I think they'll <laughs> sadly do it. Hell of a ride, guys. Yeah, yeah. it's been the end of an era. It's I been guess. fun. Yeah, it's been fun. I had it a has. lot of fun doing this podcast. It's I, been I, an absolute definitely. Blast. Yeah, Absolutely. and uh, one of the things I look forward to every month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
and we'll still keep in touch. We'll we'll figure something out. Yep. But our mission, such as it is, it's over. <laughs> it's ogre. It's ogre. Yep. And uh, I'm Will. I'm Matt. I'm Chris. And remember, kids, it ain't ogre till it's ogre. And it's ogre. Goodbye, everybody. See you guys. So much to do, so much to see, 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 so much to do, so much to see. You are not welcome here. You and you get off. Hey school, that was fun. Let's grab another skateboard and like do it again, huh? Uh, and that's a sign that the tank is full. That could have gone better. <laughs> that! Back there, that was amazing!